Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the main event as he slides in here to our DMs just in time. Welcome to the Smack Attack, ladies and gentlemen, the show of the people, by the people, for the people. As you can tell, I'm ready for a safari today. I'm bringing back my roots. Why? Because SmackDown last night was in the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. My hometown saw many a show there. It was great. Um, and a concert there. So a little excited, if anything, just for that. So hence the Cajun uh, fedora with the camo comes on to show my Cajun roots a little bit. Or as some would say, my kunas. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show. And uh, we have here the boys from the PWC, as always who graciously let me crash their show last night. So, um, But let's start with the man who apparently had to light a candle because he ripped one so bad that it, it is burning his own noses. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start with the Chris Ams himself. Chris, how are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for joining us yesterday. It was uh, it, it worked real. It worked out real good because our resident Australian um, had some actual legitimate stuff to deal with um, yesterday. Not like usual, where he just tells us that there's something he's dealing with, but really he's just soaking. Right. Um, yeah, this time this time it was it was it was legitimate. So uh, shout outs to Jimmy. I think he's going to join us here a little late, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll be around. We we tried to get his missus on because she has thoroughly ripped Jimmy a, a good one as well, which we all appreciate. So I said, hell yeah, come on the show. And she's like, nope. So she remains the nebulous figure that is the AI construct of Australians. Uh, down you know what there. she you know what she honestly is, though, like to the whole PWC crew. She's like, um, what was the name of like the, the guy that oh Charlie, Charlie's Angels. She's like oh, the Charlie yeah. of Charlie's Angels. She's never right. really on the show. She doesn't show up, but we can like we can hear her sometimes. And she has these really wonderful, you know, additions to the show that she makes and she makes all our graphics and stuff like that. So shout outs to D, who That's is exactly awesome. right. Yeah. And we never see her face, which is important. I've never seen her face. I've never even looked up it. So if she was on, she'd have to be only from the neck down, or she'd have to be turned backwards in a chair. Right. Oh, oh, way, do, do you know who the actor was who who did that? Oh, um, it was William Forsyth. It was yeah. Carrington from Dynasty. Yeah, he was Charlie. Yeah, William Forsyth. That's right. He was, all, and as Jimmy would say, he was also poofy. A little poofy. A little poofy. All right, and of course, the nebulous voice you just heard is the evil dose himself, the doctor of evil. The little bit of little bit of funkonomics going on over there as well, Jeff. But Jeff himself has made it into the chat with his own shirt. In case you forgot Murph. who he is, because Chris apparently forgot to tell you how to spell his name, but Jeff won't forget to let you tell uh, remember how to you know who he is with his name on his own shirt. Jeff, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I, I remember how to spell AMS. It's A A A A A A A A A A A silent P B another silent P right E H E S S. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's great. That's that's great. Thank you for spelling my name. No, yeah, I'm I'm trying not to spell my name because I'm trying to get a job with the government, and I just I want to still be able to say whatever the hell I want. And I happen to live in a communist country. Bingo. Uh, yeah, I think we brought that up last night. If you didn't listen or see last night's show, 
I'm sorry you missed out because we talked about some fun stuff about uh, Chris. Let's try and come up with like good names for Chris to, to join the, the government or radio names. So how about uh, oh. B is what what do I think of with Canada and Chris? So Chris taught me that, that a lot of people there are Ojibwe. So how about Ojibwe Jorgensen? Oh <laughs> Leif Ojibwe Jorgensen. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Oh, he's German. So Hans Ojibwe Jorgensen. There we go. All right. Yeah, no, that works. I, I mean, you know, or or we could tap into his ex-Mormon roots and call him uh, Joseph Moron. So there's that as well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, look, wow. look, we still have a little heat about the Suzuki thing. So in the 20 minute show. So we're, we're already what? Where are we at? We were four minutes in and we got to finish this up in another 16 minutes. All so. right. I didn't say anything about the show being long. Jimmy was the one who was saying the show was long. Well, he's not here, so I have to kind of pick somebody. And I like you the best, so we're going with that. Well, oh my God, it's like the vet. We got the minister here. It's like they're they're all lining up behind you, Chris. Also, I'm sorry, sorry, Hans. Also, also, I'm still the only person who's been on the Garden of Doom six times, so I'm technically your favorite too, Jeff. You just don't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. Sure. I didn't know there was a question. Yeah. I mean, what, why would I even give life to, 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 to the contrary position? True. Also, we could just I could just mix up like here's a here's a good idea. I mean, it's okay. not quite as it's not quite as interesting as, as Jeff's idea. I really like the name, but we could go with my actual middle initial. And my mom's maiden name, and call myself J.R. Cromwell. Oh, that's good! Wow, that's Look, a fancy name. I I can appreciate that name very very much. Sorry. Oh my gosh, she's still talking to us. I know, right? And she's spelling my name wrong in a form where it actually spells my name correctly for her. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like she really is Jimmy's perfect match. I feel like we can make a Patreon of just our chat sometimes and we can uh, like make money off of that just from the comedy that comes from it sometimes. Doesn't uh, all the money technically go to, to the Ayatollah for the for the fatwas and, and such? Uh, well, of course, because we have a holy war that we're, we're reading upon, you know, everything. But Upon the marks. Yeah, but... Uh, you know. she's, she's still talking to me while I'm on the air <laughs> in, 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 in writing. So I have to we, go well, technically, we didn't tell her we're on the air. So, you know, she doesn't she's obviously watch, watch the show. She doesn't so. subscribe. She doesn't give her $5, which is why Jimmy has to prostitute himself to, to, to make up those $5 back. Right. Because, you know, at least six clients. Right. And of course, you know, that's why he's not here because he's getting his pouch cleaned out. Is it really prostituting if you just let them soak, though? <laughs> In Australia, like, yeah. Like, I have to say that I appreciate the fact that we brought this up last week, and y'all have carried this throughout the week with all your shows, and it, it just makes me laugh. It, I appreciate it so much. Um, like, it really, it makes it makes me feel kind of good. And well, we've hey, been watching we- Japanese names for three years now, so... Wow. <laughs> That's fine. I don't really care about that so much, but this, the for some reason the soaking bit makes me happier than anything else. I don't know why. Something for everybody at the PWC. Yeah. P something is usually penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! All right. So hey, uh, I did want to I did want to bring up something this week that um, you know we talked about um, a little bit last night, but you know. We were talking about this this new setup with AEW where they have, you know, Dynamite on Wednesday, 
Rampage on Friday, Collision. And now, like with this weekend, they now have a pay-per-view um, on Sunday. And the logistics of doing a live Saturday night show and then running right after that your pay-per-view on Sunday with you're putting some of your people that are on the pay-per-view into this live show, which I get. You're trying to build. I think you've got guys like Tanahashi or whatever who are here. They're not doing much. So let's, let's they're on both shows. You want to build it up, but like, is there logistically any way that this can be sustainable for AEW? Are they going to have to say, look, we're going to have to either put the pay-per-views back on Saturday night and let Collision be a, I don't know, a lead-in show, a pre-show, or we we have to just do the, the you know, those nights that we have Collision, we just do the pay-per-views instead of doing Collision. Like, there's no way this can work for the long term, right, guys? Or, or am I going... Or am I just kind of like overblowing this out of proportion a little bit? Jeff, what do you want to do first? Uh, I mean, I, I, listen, you could take a couple of views on this. One is that, you know, if you're in the World Series, you play game one. And if game two is the next night, you still play game two with your starters. So, I mean, you, you know, I mean, this is a performance, whether which involves athletics and there's risk involved and everything. And there's as many freak injuries as there are injuries in the ring. As far as logistics are concerned, I will say forever, and apparently our boss, uh, Vince Russo, has agreed, but so far he is the only voice, and he's only opining. I'm the only person yet to report publicly that this is not Warner Brothers and Tony Khan asking for Saturday night two hours and them giving him money for it, as he admitted the contract hasn't changed. This is him buying the TV time, and this is the only slot the Warner Brothers will give him. Mm -hmm. I think that Tony Khan plans business largely the same way he plans wrestling. By his ass, by the seat of his pants, oftentimes week to week, sometimes day to day, sometimes minute to minute. I think he has some vague notions of things that he wants to do or that somebody else wants to do that he's gone on to. So I think in his mind, if he's actually formed the concrete thoughts, and I'm not criticizing him here because I have lots of thoughts and I can never crystallize them into a concrete form where I'm ready to express them because I don't exactly know how. I think that what he is doing is hoping the collision does well enough that when it is time to negotiate the contract, that Warner will not simply just pick up the option for 2024 if they haven't already, or even if they do, that he will be able to negotiate with them and say, hey, this show is doing great, come what may on Saturday, let's switch it to a real night, um, and you can start paying me for it, and then this will not be a problem. Because Saturday night, it's not just competing with himself and the well-being of the, the cast of the next pay-per-view, which, by the way, is 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 about a third from New Japan. I mean, it is, it isn't mm-hmm. half and half. I mean, we're pretending that, that people like Willow Nightingale work for New Japan and Filthy Tom Lawler are an American-based. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, New Japan fans are going to be, be excited to see, you know, Royce Isaacs and, and Filthy Tom Lawler, which they wouldn't they're excited to see okada they're excited right. you know i mean we, we we know this um so like maybe he'd have to think about doing this on a holiday weekend like a labor day or a july 4th where he's got like a, a monday or a tuesday holiday where it's not following a, a you know a sunday and you know since japan doesn't celebrate the same holidays we don't and as long as it doesn't interfere with uh wrestle kingdom or the g1 
he can probably pay any price to have any other event delayed there. So that that mm. those are my very elongated thoughts on this, but hopefully they made some sense. Yeah. Chris, what about you? What, what do you think? I, I don't I don't think it's that big a deal, to be honest with you. I mean, WWE ran Sunday Night Heat um, for a very long time, which was a lean into the pay-per-view. And sometimes you would have people, com- you know, performing on both shows. Um, <clears throat> as far as them running Saturday and then maybe doing their pay-per-views on Sunday, I think that'll work just fine. Although you run the risk at that point of um just kind of exhausting people right like Mm -hmm. every pay-per-view weekend is going to be a wrestlemania style weekend for AEW, where we've got to watch you know friday and saturday and sunday and and it's just it it becomes a little bit untenable as a fan but i mean for the performers i think that you could pretty easily like book that with a little bit of foresight not even a lot of foresight and just say all right listen if you've got a really big match coming up on on uh, Sunday for the pay-per-view, then your last real performance is going to be on Wednesday night. And then we'll do like video packages or something Saturday to get people hyped for the pay-per-view. Sure. And then I guess the bigger question is like right now it works because it's summer. You're not having to compete with, you're just competing with baseball. What happens when we have football, basketball, things like that going on, Uh, you know, and especially college football, you know, how much is that going to eat into these numbers that we're seeing right now, you know, and, and it will TNT go, well, like that was fun. Okay. You're like, could they go, well, you're a summer program. We're not going to, you know, do that kind of thing. Or will they just go, yeah, that was cool. But now football's here. So we don't see the need for you. Is that a possibility? I think, well, I mean, if, if what we're being told is true and if Tony Khan is actually paying for the time, which it seems Mm -hmm. to be like, that seems to be the case then no, because they're getting paid for the time. They can't just say, well, you're off TV. If I'm paying for the time, fuck you, it's my time. True. True. Yeah. You know, I... What deal he made for himself, but, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, what would they, they they're going to air, um, you know, Harry Potter and Avengers movies and DC movies like they normally do forever, and, and they'd be happy enough to do it. By the way, Collision will be preempted many, many times. Yeah. Probably for things on its own network or family on networks, but who knows? They may preempt it for other reasons if they feel that there's other time slots that are better. Uh, you know, it, it, whatever two hours, the, the I, I just don't think the people at, at Warner want to, th- want to think about it that much. But it's only the, the president or the program director of the particular network. So I guess in this case, TNT, that has to figure that out. But he says, sorry, Tony, this week we're, you're on 1 a.m. to 3 p.m. But you know what? We'll, we'll replay it again at 5 a.m. till 7 a.m. So you get twice. And Tony be like, gee, thanks. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be the smartest guy in the room. No. Uh, I mean, he has the most money in the room. That's the problem. You know, I think it's more than anything else. It's, well, it's also the solution. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But. I, I don't know, like, and then, and then, then, you know, I don't know. I it, it just feels this is just feels so. I don't want to say exhausting, but you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to back to back, with all kinds of wrestling, you know. And I know this is a rarity. This is you know, we had Forbidden Door. We got these other things going. It just doesn't feel long term sustainable on my end, you know. From what I, I, I agree with you. 
Yeah. I mean, okay. also when we do podcasts covering them, I mean, you at least don't cover every single show. We we do, or at least yeah. we try <laughs> the major ones. I mean, yeah. imagine if we also covered like the the major uh, indies, you know, like major Impact. league wrestling and right. Impact or, or, or NXT regularly, right? <laughs> I mean, these guys have both been on on next level. I think I was on there once as well. But yeah, you know, but do. we don't regularly cover NXT. I watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but I don't think these guys watch it every week. No, I, I mean, very rarely do I ever watch it unless, like, he's like, hey, you want to come on? I was like, sure, and I'll see what's going on, and then we'll play the game of, hey, so what's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, kind of thing. Because it's very rarely who's this guy. It's usually like, who's that woman? Well, that's the important part. Like, like, what is this guy's deal? And then, and then with everything else, it's like, okay, well, who's it? Yeah, who's that lady? NXT um, is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to to the women. With with men, it's an embarrassment. And the other way, that's why they have to <laughs> import all these people from the NF, from the UK and and sort of the, the dregs of the main roster. Gotcha. You know, and I mean, I mean, and and, and that was uh, that was my other question. Let's talk about NXT. It's a WWE product. We're seeing, I, I mean, I I guess we're calling it main roster stars making their way down to NXT. You know, is this a? I mean, I, and I have to say, this is how I feel about it. It feels like this is an opportunity for Nick Khan to get his best foot forward with this TV renewal bill going. Of hey, look, we have Seth Rollins on the show. Hey, look. We have Baron Corbin. We're, we have Mustafa Ali. These are main roster guys coming down to work with our developmental talent. You know, is this a good strategy to make NXT a brand where it looks enticing for some of these TV networks to go, yeah, we want this on our screen? Or is it, it, it does it lessen the product or does it lessen the people who come on that product? You know, like I know that the Seth Rollins Braun Breaker match was the highest rated segment on NXT in the last three years. You know, so maybe ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't remember, but I know I saw a thing where it said at least for the last three years, it was the highest segment that they've had. Um, so, and I wouldn't doubt ever, but does this make guys who come down feel less than as being a part of a product? Or is this an opportunity to really make NXT its own? kind of third brand per se, which they've tried to do for years. Um, Chris, what do you think on this one? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you actually hit the nail on the head when you said they've been trying to do this for the last three years. I keep hearing reports that WWE is going to try to make NXT the the third brand and no longer developmental and et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't really seen that happen. Um it seems more like that's a like that's a talking point that they want to be able to say to networks to say, oh yeah, if you if you you know if you guys will pick us up for a hundred million dollars a year or whatever the fuck ridiculous thing they're asking for, then uh, you know then you know it'll be like a third brand. But I don't know unless somebody says, listen, we want to sign we want to sign you you know to your Tuesday show or whatever, and. We definitely want to pump some money into it and, and, and then maybe WWE will actually pull the trigger on that. But I'm not sure that the market, that the wrestling market really needs another major show on Tuesdays. I, I just, to me, I think it's oversaturated as, as is. Okay. okay. Jeff, what do you think? 
I think it's all about the the TV renewal contracts and and pumping up some ratings to to show that you know yeah you know, that they can almost hit a million as well if they if they try you know. Um, but as far as a third brand, I, I don't think it matters whether they call a third brand or not because it's its own television show. It's mm-hmm. got its own time slot. It has its own titles. They have their own shows. They have their own PLEs, and sometimes they mix. It's it, this is a, this is a very much imperfect analogy, but. Whatever, you know, there's all those Chicago shows, which started with Chicago PD, then there was Chicago Fire, then they had Chicago Med, and I think they even tried for Chicago Law, Um, you know, and usually when you have a new season or in season one, they have a couple of the actors, you know, from one of the bigger shows, either be a recurring character or be in a, a major story arc, and that's to draw people in, and that's all they're doing. This is TV program, that's all it is. Do they do they hope NXT rises to the level of raw numbers? Of course they do. Do they think it's going to happen? No. And and you know what? I don't think Chicago Med ever got up to the level of Chicago PD, but Chicago Fire pretty much has. Mm-hmm. So in, you never know until you try. But I think that I, I think that we're very much over analyzing what the inner workings of the thought. Pro- they probably spend hours in a conference room. And, and come to no conclusion, just say, TV show, let's try and get more hours. And, and, you know, if this show can start doing, you know, over 750, you know, and occasionally hitting a million, then maybe this show is also worth, you know, $43 million a year or, or whatever. And that's and since we're already paying for this anyway, now we're getting $43 million a year free money. Gotcha. Also, that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for watching the for watching this Mac Attack. Is yep. we're, we're a minute and we're a minute and a half over our our scheduled time limit. Right. Here, so. so peace out, everybody. We hope you catch you next week. We'll be back, and maybe maybe we'll have a little longer snap. Remember, it's uh, fudge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but so, and then uh, this is one other thing I want to do before we got it. We get into SmackDown today. Um, of course, we all know the submarine kind of took this whole thing. Uh, already, there's conspiracy theories that this was done as hits, and you know, for these, you know, I don't know, whole weird things. Like, um, but I wanted to know your guys is because we are Hami Media based, and it was started by the Conspiracy with Horsemen. What are your favorite conspiracies that you've heard? You know, um, what what's one that you're like, whether you believe it or not? What's one that you're like, okay, like. That one either entertains me or I feel this is real or whatever. Which one is like you would say your favorite? Jeff, what would what, what you want to do with? I mean, too many of them are, are have become so real and so scary to let them entertain me. But I will stick to the original one that still does entertain me because I don't think it's it, it's at any risk of, of changing the world until there's a full disclosure of what people want to be disclosed. And that'll be Roswell and Area 51. I mean, you know, I mean, how can you go wrong with that one? Right. Chris, what about you, sir? Um, I really, really like the uh, the Mandela effect. Um, hmm. I, I got to say, like, there's some things in there where, um, yeah, you think to yourself, like, no, 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 no. That's definitely not what happened, right? Like, man. In my timeline, that's not how that went. You know, <laughs> James Earl Jones definitely definitely said, Luke, I am your father. I mean, come on. Every single person named Luke has heard, Luke, I am your father, a hundred thousand times in their life. Like, right. how could James Earl Jones not have said that in the movie, right? Or um, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, who's the fairest of them all? I mean, there was a fucking TV show called Mirror, Mirror, 
Like, mm-hmm. how is that not in the movie, right? But, yeah, I mean, so I, I really like the Mandela effect. And those so bears were Jewish. Thing. Yeah, they were Berenstein. Um, With space lasers. Aimed at their enemies. Hey, listen, the space laser thing just goes without saying. You don't have you, to bring it up. You said you Jewish already. You never saw them having to hunt, did you? Well, Ever. No, because the same. They yeah. could just shoot the deer. No problem. Yeah. I think I think for me, my favorite is is Yeti, you know, or the any kind of cryptid storyline. Uh because wait, it, wait, 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 that's a conspiracy theory? Yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, the, the idea is so. The idea is this, that the government is keeping these cryptids hidden because we're not ready for it. It's kind of like our terrestrial aliens, per se. You know, they don't want us to know and they don't want us to kind of have an idea of what these things are. So they're like Oscar? Right, right, because nobody's ready for Oscar and nobody's ready for a cryptid. And so there's these ancient beings that have been around forever in that we're not ready to to see them or have them known that they've been a part of our society for the beginnings of time so therefore that's why we're only seeing glimpses of them because the government does what they can to suppress and su- um, squash all that information which government all the governments it's a global conspiracy uh according to that theory um global conspiracies are tight look <laughs> it like it, it's like somebody said look the, the more people you bring into a conspiracy the harder it is for it to not get blown out and like everybody now because my favorite new one is the one that there was uh, a ufo landings or crashes in brazil and the u.s military arrived took over the spot and the brazilian government just said hey you guys do whatever you want you you, you take mm-hmm. over here almost like the inspector from strange brew uh, right. goes into a, a a different province and they they go hey you're a toronto cop and he goes toronto skunk my jurisdiction it's, yeah. like, it's exactly like that. Um, no, the Brazilian military isn't just come, come on in, guys. Hey, yeah, over. yeah, no, no, no issue. Yeah, yeah, no, that that one was an interesting one to say the least as well. Well, I, uh, I, I, I'll say something about the the sub too about the sub okay. story. Uh, like that that was pretty that was pretty clearly just some rich people doing something really stupid and risky and something mm-hmm. bad happened. And that sucks. That really does suck. I mean, I, I I'm not one of these people who's going to sit here and celebrate the death of a bunch of billionaires because they're billionaires and fuck them because they have more money than me. That's pretty, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not that much a part of the proletariat. We'll put it that way. Um, but as far as, do I think that there's something to like a conspiracy theory there? Yeah, I do. I think that a large part of why we got so much coverage for it is because of the Hunter Biden stuff. I, I do mm-hmm. think that that is a concerted effort by the mainstream media. And I do think that they have um, activist journalists a lot lately. And I mean, the same kind of thing happens on the right too. Like it, right. like the, the problem is, we only have really one right-wing news source in like in North America and every other news source in North America is pretty far leaning left so i mean do i think that that that, that, there, that there was something to the the sub being rigged or whatever no i just think it was rich people doing something risky and they happened to die so you know sorry but as far as do i think that there's a reason for you know us being inundated with that story over the last 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Ironically, the Titanic itself was rich people doing rich people things mm-hmm. only to die. 
And a hundred years later, everybody goes on cruises. So a hundred years later, probably a lot of people will go on submers submersibles. This this is history repeating itself with industry. So industry is built by rich people, but the, the most tragic of accidents, the most devastating disasters is also inflicted upon the rich people. I mean, the people who are frozen up on the top of Everest are usually like lords and sirs and things like that, landed gentry. Uh, you, their, their Sherpas don't usually die. Those, those folks are like, fuck that guy and just, yeah. just move, on, move on down. Um, you know, no, no, nobody's celebrating the people who actually make sure the other people get up and down because they, they because they're basically human billy goats. They can they can do it all or, or mountain goats because right. this is how they've you know managed to live for probably seventeen thousand years. Um, but uh, I I think the coverage. There might be. I'm not saying that there's not not anything. What Chris said, I'm just gonna take a different perspective, and that is that just like when those when the kid was trapped in a well, just like when that soccer team, I think in South America, was trapped in a in a mine. Whenever people are at perilous risk and and like the real world feels like a movie, why where there's a time clock on there and like there's certain doom, but there's also hope of a miracle. The whole world tunes into that in, in almost like a macabre, but in a sort of hopeful way, but probably more macabre, but there's enough hope to not call yourself a pessimist. And people like to say, it. I, I get it. This is a very unusual circumstance. This would be a spectacular story with a happy ending. This would also be a spectacular way to die, not in celebration, but just spectacular. It's a spectacle. Um, and people tune into that. And then, of course, the, the news media, like wrestling companies, run things into the ground i mean once they're dead we don't need all the you know all of the stuff here uh, i'm not sure that it's there to distract from anything i think what it's there for is to keep people's eyes on it so that so that their ratings go up i mean which which is the simplest motivation of all which is cha-ching dollars because the i mean the, the the news business became a business when famous lefty ted turner started 24-hour news and then other, you know, billionaire Rupert Murdoch decided to copy it and, and you know, repeated it and then made it to scale and did it better. Um, so it's it's a news business. It used to be that you got a half hour a night of, of a Walter Con Cronkite or, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tom Brokaw or whatever. And, you know, maybe there were leanings there, but it was a half hour. You got 10 minutes of your local news. You got 10 minutes of your national news you, you got five minutes of sports weather and local interest good night everyone yeah you know i mean i think uh you know interestingly enough you know this is this is one of those things where i think you guys make great points i could see of course we do yeah well i mean because you're that's why y'all are here you wouldn't be here if you didn't um so but the i think i think like you said jeff part of it is the ratings but i think Chris, I think a lot of what you said is true too. Look, nobody is seeing what happened with Hunter Biden. You know um, that, and, and and don't tell me, don't tell me From that what I've heard you don't want to because there's a lot of naked pictures of him of himself, right? <laughs> sure, but I mean, tell me a bigger story in the last fifty years, sixty years, I guess, in American, like in America. Tell me a bigger story, yeah, um, other than Watergate, like presidential people like people around the president having these kinds of problems is big news like it is big ratings too if people cover it properly and yeah it just seems to me like the 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 mainstream media is doing most of what they can to avoid covering this mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, because it's that idea of, oh, it's a sitting president. Well, we don't want to talk about these things. And it's like, okay, well, you are with Trump, you know. It started, I mean, not to be, it actually started in the 80s with Billy Carter. And then it, then it extended to Clinton's brother uh, and some of the, and, and, you know, that's sort of like, kids were off limit. You couldn't talk about Gore's kid who got killed when he was younger. I mean, there, there were, you know, the, 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 the president families were, were sort of, a, I mean, even the stuff that the Trump kids did and the businesses they got really didn't get a whole lot of coverage. I mean, very few people care that, that uh, Jared got a $2 billion uh, investment from the Saudis, uh, you know, in, about two days after Trump's presidency ended. Uh, because we just, we just, I think we collectively still are uncomfortable about covering people's families, and I'm not sure if that's right or wrong. But uh, but it it is something that started with the uh, with drunk old Billy Carter. True, you know. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, this is something the 70s, that not the '80s. Jesus Christ! No, it's not. I would. I mean, but '76 80, I was alive. That was, but I mean, at the, at the end of the day, too. I think this is something where. We we kind of I kind of wish we harken back to that idea of we just cover it. We tell the story, let people form their own opinions. You give the facts, and you do everything else. Now, Chris, I just want to question because I don't know how it works in Canada. Do y'all have like a right and a left type news? No. Or is it no, 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 no. We have a state-run media, and and that is not hyperbole. Uh, Twitter has actually like given them the sticker to call them state-run media, and they are yeah. state-run media in Canada. Um, the liberal government, I think, gives hundreds of millions of dollars to the CBC um, every year. And you can basically tell if you ever watch the CBC that they are that they are like a almost performative left wing news source um, in this country. We do not have um, anything that is even close to uh, Fox News or anything like that here. No, no. Um, you you have to basically find your information. You basically have to find your information from other sources if you're if you're a Canadian and you have half a brain. So gotcha. Is there a route for a capitalist to make an alternate uh, news program or just call it news entertainment program and 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 do it? Could could a Rupert Murdoch put a you know Gray Wolf Canada news up there or something? To be honest with you, I don't think so. I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because if CBC was left, if the CBC, which is the state run, uh, you know, news source here and is very left leaning and, you know, all of that other kinds of things. Um, <laughs> if they were left to have the success that they deserve based on ratings, they would be broke. Um, they're, no, nobody watches the news sources up in up here in Canada except maybe the maybe like really really you know old retired people like I don't know anybody in my age range I don't even know anybody who's ten or fifteen years older than me who watches the CBC regularly so mm. yeah mm. it's in Britain though. the BBC is is state news but you know Rupert Murdoch has Sky News which probably does the same or better business than the BBC. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about these things. Yeah. Why would yeah. I do And I mean, which I find interesting because like you said, in in Britain, it's you have the BBC, they have all this. But then at the same time too, 
there are some like BBC Four and BBC Five on the on the radio dial where you have some more of the more conservative or you have some of the more you know just alt different kind of government. They also on. make regular CBC shows. radio, by the way, is is significantly worse, significantly <laughs> further left than uh, the CBC on air. Like it, like the CBC radio, I, I've. I have tried a couple of times to listen to it just because for whatever reason I didn't have my 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 headphones with me and I had to try to listen to the radio. Um, I have tried twice in the last 10 years to listen to CBC. And I think the last time they were interviewing a uh, quadruple, I don't even know how to, I mean, they, they were, it was all about polyamory and how polyamory is the way of the future and et cetera, and et cetera. And I just was like, okay, well. It's not really for me, and I don't actually think it's going to take over the world or anything. Good for these people, but why am I listening to this on a news station? Like, this isn't news. Mm. Mm. It's interesting um, because, one, once you said the radio and the way you said it, all I can think of now is Donna Summer singing the radio. Um, but the BBC also produces, like, movies and television. They produce, like, some damn good television. I mean, like, like... Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch was great, and they did the, the Vigil and the Capture and you know MI five and it, it, Line of Duty. I mean, they produced these fabulous shows. Of course, they also produced like Downton Abbey and whatever. I mean, you can't say it wasn't a success, but my God, is that dreary? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it's Britain's weird. Britain is very weird. And then after eleven p.m., you're seeing penises and you know all kinds of stuff. After I know, and that's our lane. That's the PWC's territory. That's our jurisdiction. <laughs> right? Come on. Come on. Can we sue them for that? Yes. Like, you know. So uh, before we get into the show, do you want to shout out the chat a little bit? Uh, I haven't seen anybody tell us their favorite conspiracies in the chat, but Medium 5 Retro Rocket Review review is here. Uh, Buckshot Kid. Uh, I think I saw Lab Rat was here earlier. Jerome Hall was here. Um, and Jerome was actually the person to make a comment today so of course drone thank you for being here as always and what's as always don't is he okay huh what's wrong with chris winland is he okay or or media m5 i mean i'm, I'm worried about the people who are usually in there first well media i just said media's right here he's he's okay. he's, he's, right. he's right there and uh scott oh scott woodford just is uh just Ooh. showed up uh chris yeah. Weinland, sometimes he pops in a later in the show just depending <laughs> That no, I had an itch. I wasn't trying to. Play. Besides, I don't need Chris, I don't need Chris to flex and then fill the whole screen and make me feel oh, like a stretch. Yeah, stop it, Chris. Stop it. Hang on, John. I want you to look into the camera. I want you to look into the camera and say, "Feed me more." Feed me more. Seriously, yeah, though, like, doesn't that look like, like you haven't practiced that for years? Come on, I have. I actually have. <laughs> well, actually, I practiced it this week because Crystal said that last week, I think. So I practiced it a little bit this week. Um, but gentlemen, I guess let's talk. Let's let's start talking uh, the show. Let's let's talk a little SmackDown in my hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana, at the Cajun Dome. That seats about sixteen thousand people in it. That's not how you pronounce Lafayette I mean, in, in Louisiana. Yeah, it is. Lafayette. If you grew up in Lafayette, you know it's Lafayette. If you say anything else, then we know you're not from there. Oh, so, I mean, I'm not from there. Yeah. How many people did you say it seats? About 16. 16,000 people? Yeah. 
Yeah, but they're Cajuns, so they're not really people. No, they're not, and they're probably they're drunk, related. and they're family. probably feeling anything. Look, look, this is one of those things that Cajuns will show up for. Why? Because it's some sort of kind of fighting, and and there's drinking involved. So yeah. uh, I th- I think if you saw in I think I, when I watched the first pan, I saw so many people with their beers up as they were watching the show. Isn't so, Cajun a language group, not a people group? No, it's both. It's it's technically uh, I mean, they started actually as French Canadians. Uh, mm-hmm. Cajun is actually a, a misnomer. Um, they when they were asked who they were or where they came from, they would tell people, "I'm a Cajun," um, and they weren't saying. Um, uh, Acadian. Cajun. They were saying Acadian, which is right. uh, a French Canadian group that moved to, um, well, the Louisiana. Well, that's purchase. a misnomer. Actually, they're from the city of Acca, from the ancient Acadian Empire, and they actually came here fifty-five hundred years ago. Um, they were often confused with the Phoenicians and the Vikings, but yeah, that that is a conspiracy theory that I just started, and it's awesome, and it's I love not it. a conspiracy. It's absolutely true. I'm down uh, for Cajuns it. are actually ancient Acadians. And look, I'm look, I'm here for it, and I guarantee you, if you told a Cajun that, they'd be like, "Hell yeah, my shot, we go do that right now." I take that. Let's do that right now, my shot. So, really? yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let's talk a little Cajun Gnome action last night. By the way, the Cajun Gnome was the place that The Rock unveiled the new WWE title style that we see now today after that WrestleMania uh, that was in New Orleans. So, well, like everyone else, well, fuck that guy, The Rock. He's done. Right. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> so last night, of course, we had on the call Michael Cole and Wade Barrett as always, and uh, we started the show with a highlight of what happened with the Bloodline and Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. And in case you didn't know it, because Jeff broke the news last week, but we are now going to have a Bloodline Civil War match at Money in the Bank with the Usos versus Roman and Solo Sokoa. So Jeff, you broke that news first. Thank you, sir, for being that roving reporter. Um, and so uh, we had the Usos come out, and of course they popped because Cajuns don't give a shit. There's something to do, and it's inside with air conditioning in the summer, so they're going to cheer for everything because, and they're drunk already. I-, I guarantee you there was a tailgate in the parking lot before Raw, so about half those people were already pre-gamed well into the show um, because I know those people very, very well. Um, so thus making it a hot crowd. Uh, which is probably how you should watch SmackDown anyway to make it probably more enjoyable. I don't know. Would have helped. helped. Would have helped, right. Um, so we have the Usos come out. Uh, you know, uh, Jay starts off saying the blue line, but Jimmy tells him to stop. And the Usos are now in your city. Um, and he said, and Jimmy's like, how are you feeling, Jay? And he says, I'm feeling good. And, and they say, they chant Usi, and, and they're about to fight their family. And Jay says, family doesn't do that. Family's supposed to lift each other up, make sure that the bottom to the top, they have their backs from day one to end. And Jimmy cuts them off and says, it sounds like to him that he made the absolute perfect choice. And Jay says, they still love Roman Reigns too. He is the tribal chief. For three years, they were in the trenches together. And that's what they um, did. He did what they asked him to do. He says, where Roman messed up is when he disrespected them. Jimmy says, they were raised on respect. And that is huge. And they talked about how... um, that they became the most dominant faction, but then they got disrespected. So if you follow with rats, you'll lose the snakes, and the biggest snake is Paul Heyman. So that's what uh, Jimmy says. Once again, uh, it's a reptilian Jew. Yeah. 
Right. And because he's conspiracies. He's a lizard. Bloodline civil war happening around time. There might be a Russian civil war right around the same time. Jacob Fatu won the MLW open weight championship. So the bloodline adjacent is still getting stronger. Right. There's a lot of things going on here, people. Follow the lines. Right. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. Oh, my. How crazy is that? That Russia might end up just in a civil war now because. How crazy um, is it that I said that on Twitter 15 months ago? Look, it's not crazy at all. I well, I mean, to me, it's crazy just because of how it's going down. Like, yeah, we shot rockets into our own guys' camps. And then that, that was like, fuck that. We're done. We're done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at Oh, look at What's happening here? What's happening here? You, you, yeah. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Still 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 done. Done. All right. We're moving Jimmy there. Yeah. Okay. Just, what is he doing? Um, listen, listen. The, the whole Russian thing. No, you know, no, Jimmy. Jimmy, fix your shit, buddy. Um, fix your shit. You're echoing. We, we don't want that. D. Like badly, unless it is D. Yeah, no. Put it back on. Let's see if it's D. If it's D, we can let her on. If it's D, hey. If it's D, unmute your mic. As long as she has a mask on or like a. Yeah. Like a Phantom of the Opera half, half mask and like one of those Groucho Marx mustaches. Yes. yes. Okay, anyway, but as far as Russia goes, I, I'm still very confused about whether anything is actually even happening in Russia. Uh, like, we keep hearing reports. We keep hearing all mm-hmm. of these, oh, so-and-so is there with his, and he's he's taken this, you know, but what what's going on? Because I haven't seen literally any video of anyone shooting anything. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a single battle, a single... Um, takedown i haven't i i haven't seen anything to this point other than just like oh i'm mad and don't call me a traitor uh, so so chris from one Russia, I- that can be enough but yes yeah. you were echoing jimmy there's but one thing that people should know is i want all of you here to to take something positive never give up on your dreams even if your dream is world domination because Bergozin was a hot dog vendor and he became young KGB FSB agent Putin's favorite hot dog vendor. And then he became his private chef. And then somehow he got a private army. And now he's literally one of the most powerful and richest people in the world. And he has not given up his dreams of being world despot from being a hot dog vendor in Russia, where the hot dogs suck because Russia sucks. And that means if he can do it, you can do it too. That's All right, baby. Is sell hot dogs to the right guy. Yeah, and you can then beat the man and become the man yourself. Right. Maybe. But Jeff, I think I or Chris, I think what what the thing was was he announced that if you we're marching towards Moscow, if you impede us, if you and do it, we're going to fight you. But to just clear the way, and the theory, and why we're not seeing these things, supposedly nobody is stopping him. I guess majority of Russia is pissed and done with Putin. And so there has been no fights. There's been no battles because he had, there's no resistance because people are like, fuck this guy. We're done with all this bullshit. Well, this is a 24 hour story. So the, the yeah. rate of information is going to be very small. And it might just be that Bregozin is speaking badly about the two generals in the defense ministry. And they are now speaking out loud badly about him. And they all still want to stay friends with Putin, which is entirely possible as well. So it might just be talking the, the, I think the real danger isn't marching on Moscow at the moment. I think the real danger is them either turning their guns on the actual Russian troops in Ukraine or more likely to get them to 
convert to their side or convince them that they are the the Russian power structure? Because how would those people know? Because they're 18-year-old kids and 60-year-old men and a lot of people that just came out of the prison system that were released. So, uh, you know, so they, they may actually you know, be told they're changing their battle tactics. And they, they have no idea. They didn't even know they were invading Ukraine. Most of them are like, what the fuck are we doing here? We thought we were doing exercises. We don't, yeah. we don't shoot that guy. That guy. I had dinner with him you know, t- 10 weeks ago. That's my cousin. Right. Yeah. No, and there is that as well. So, you know, it's an interesting aspect. But we have the Civil War coming. And then we see here, Jimmy says, Heyman claims for 40 years he respected their family. But how can Roman respect? Re- restart. How can Roman respect someone like Haman? Um, and just says now that we'll go to London and go to Civil War with the bloodline. And Jay says they are the big, biggest tag team in the world. And on July first in London, the O two, it's lockdown. Solo and Roman, welcome to the USO Penitentiary. So, um, opening segment, guys. What do what'd you guys think? How 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 did this go? Chris, what about you? What do you think? I thought it was great. Um, I really like the Usos. I thought that they were a lot smoother here uh, tonight than they were last week. Uh, Jay, particularly last week, was st- was sort of stumbling all over what he was saying uh, before he was able to get some really good lines out. I mean, it, it worked out fine and everything, but he was definitely lost. He was definitely at a loss for words last week, and he wasn't this week. He knew what he was going to say, came out and said it um, with emotion. This was really cool. I like it. I like where they're going with it. And I like I like the rest of what they did with the bloodline here tonight with Solo Sokoa just kind of showing up and just being like, you know what? I'm fucking mad. Like, yeah. I, I don't maybe I'm not working on anybody's, you know, uh, orders. Maybe I'm not listening to anybody about what to do, but I'm in a bad fucking mood and I'm going to hurt somebody. And I yeah. I like that. I thought that it worked good for the for the story. It did. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this opening segment? I liked it also, and for wrestling, it's terrific. Uh, I just would remind the rest of the world that for the first year, at least, of the bloodline, it was not built at all on respect. It was built on a feud with Jey Uso, which eventually he lost because Roman was threatening to kill and maim injured Jimmy in a steel cage, forcing Jay to quit to then the bloodline and become the right-hand man. So it's not like it was always built on respect. It, it was built on butcherous uh, rage and violence on one's own family. I mean, the whole first year was basically about turning Jay and then bringing Jimmy along. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but aside from that little uh, plot hole and, you know, memories are often convenient in the real world. And of course, wrestling is the real world. So, but sure. it, it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, once I mean, it took them five minutes to get to the ring after the recaps, and it, it took almost eight full minutes before he uttered a, uh, uttered a word. But yeah, it's good that Jimmy found his way. Like Jimmy knows if he's supposed to be on the bad guy side or the good guy side, but he doesn't really understand. I mean, Jay doesn't really understand what he's supposed to do in the middle. He doesn't really have that bridge acting skill, and Jimmy just knows to be the happy go lucky guy. So whenever he's anything else, he's got to keep his eyes down and his head down. He's just right. Really is the introvert of the two. Um, so anyway, so you know, uh, Jimmy. Um, all I'll say to you is, it's you know, I'm not really one to talk. Maybe, maybe start a diet and maybe do some sit-ups there, so you start looking a little bit more like your brother. Because we need that twin magic. You need to look more like your brother and less like your dad. <laughs> well, yeah, or less like me. Yeah. Well, either way. So, are you saying you're uh, you're his daddy? I am. Oh, okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, 
so then we we had this segment. I agree. I think this was a good opening segment. It was. It felt like the Usos of old. Um, like they 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 know this role that they're doing, and like you said, Chris, everything felt a lot smoother, more to the point, everything along those lines. And I mean, I could take last week being Jay was in a really big spot, and I could like he felt it felt like he was nervous because he had a big spot of line to produce, and then he had to do the turn and the and the swerve and the kick to Roman and all that. You know, I mean, so like. All the way up to that point, he looked nervous. Tonight, they both looked like they were on the same page, smooth, yep. knew what they were doing, and able to go forward with that. So um, I, I thought it was a good segment. Next, we have Ray Mysterio versus LA Knight, because last week, LA Knight faced, uh, we saw that quick recap, faced um, Santo Escobar and cheated to win, but didn't get to because Santos knew how to cheat. And... Um, kept him from winning. And so now because of that, LA Knight has to go through the entirety, I guess, of um, the LWO um, because, you know, that's just how it's going to work now. So we have uh, LA Knight versus Rey Mysterio. Um, LA Knight ends up getting the win uh, on this one. And um, and it basically he, uh, you know, Rey grabs LA Knight, but LA Knight flips Rey at the end and uh, he lands on his feet. And LA Knight hits him with his what they call they're calling now the blunt force trauma, uh, and then he goes for the cover and gets the pin. Uh, guys, how did you feel about this match, uh, Jeff? What, what did you think about this one? Um, there were some clumsy spots, which is to be expected with a, a 592 year old Ray Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just Mysterio now. Um, but I, I'm glad that LA Knight got the win. Most, you know, basically clean, you know, for a heel. Um, and that's good. He and he's beaten Ray now twice in the last, I don't know, five weeks or whatever, probably less than that. Um, one by completely heelish cheating tactics, and this one by an actual three count uh, with his finisher. By the way, blunt force trauma might be a nod to friends of his in the NWA, Aaron Stevens tag team of Carnage and Damage. Their, right. their tag team name is Blunt Force Trauma. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know? Or maybe he doesn't know anything about the NWA like everyone else watching right now. <laughs> uh, unless you are on the Hami Mini group and you know um, Aaron Stevens because of his time on the A-Show. Um, but I don't even think a lot of people watch. He's uh, Chris, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what about you, Sarah? What did you think about this match? Uh, it was very clumsy. There was a few times there where they were just kind of stepping on each other's toes. It, it looked pretty amateurish, to be honest. And, I mean, like Jeff said, you've got, you know, 800-year-old Aztec, you know, <laughs> mummy, essentially, and Rey Mysterio um, taking on a almost 50-year-old L.A. Knight. So, um no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but really, it, it wasn't a good. It wasn't a good match. It was definitely a good finish, though, because it was what LA Knight needed, and it was what I think everybody really wanted to see. And I'm not sure if everybody in WWE is starting to recognize how how popular LA Knight is, but they're talking about it on commentary. How people are reacting to him mm-hmm. um, more and more now. So I think that at least the right people are recognizing that he's at least very popular. Right. And all yeah. the people in the world who wanted to make Grayson Waller or the Miz, the MJF, 
The closest really is LA Knight. When you see his facial expressions, when he's like when Santos Escobar came in and for whatever reason he does the DX, I don't know why. Um, but when, when you know, LA Knight's face, like you're going to come find me, he's like, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's totally MJF faces and that's totally classic heel faces. And, and that part's great. The only thing I'm worried about is now you have Santos who won last week. And if I follow my own logic, that means Santos isn't winning money in the bank. So now you have LA winning. So that means now he's not winning money in the bank and they're probably canceling each other out, which only leaves Logan Paul, which is to some people, their dream to other people. It's the sum of all their fears. And I'm in the latter camp because I want a full timer to do it. And I know the WWE and wrestling for the last 35 years since WrestleMania has fallen in love with the idea that if you get a celebrity and now an influencer to you to be in a prestigious uh, level in wrestling, it will bring new fans. It never has. It never will. Uh, the only good thing about Logan Paul is that he's really fucking good in the ring and he looks like a wrestler. So, I mean, I do recognize that difference, but no, th this case should be LA Knights. It's complete. I mean, I visualize him with the case and it's perfect. Oh, what about this? What about because Santos Escobar is there? Um, Logan Paul's going to go for the briefcase, and Bad Bunny comes in and, and knocks him off, and then you have Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul at SummerSlam. I don't like you. <laughs> I don't either. I just look, look, I look, but the way the WWE has been throwing celebrities out lately, like I would not put that past them either to go, hey, let's throw Bad Bunny and Logan Paul in a match together. That'll give us some views. That it's feels a, like some it's a really thing. big match, but like, who do you get to lead? Like, who yeah. leads that match? Yeah, I don't even know. After yeah, unless you'd have you. So my thought is, uh, Logan Paul doesn't have anybody with him, but Bad Bunny would have Ray and Santos Escobar out there in the LWO, and they'd be kind of calling stuff from the from the ringside, I guess. You know, from the apron, you know, to help them run that match. That's the only thing I could think of. You know, is, is something along those lines. Um, because, it, but look, it doesn't make sense, but is it's also one of those weird things where it also could be something that WWE would do. Yeah. I know who, who Logan Paul would get. He, he would get f just five guys to help him out. And, and, you know, and there it would be, you'd have Yo, Sho, Cho and Dookie and Logan Paul. And there you go. Yeah. Now, show we've already established last night is not a part of just five guys. He's a part of House of Torture with Evil. So yes, and you and the Tokyo Pimp Yujiro uh, is is a part of that faction as well. So why do you always remind me of nineteen nineties hip hop songs? I don't know. I don't know. Did you? Is it? Is, sorry, was his name Yujiro Isha? Is that is that a guy's no, name? No, Yujiro. He's the Tokyo Pimp. That's his. You know, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he used to come out with like all these scantily dressed clad women and would offer them like he was basically doing the Godfather gimmick um sometimes, but not offering the women to Okay, the and what what group is Chode with? Like who is Chode with again? Uh you mean Cho, and that is he he is with Chaos. Chode. It's and definitely he, Chode. Uh so uh, Yo is with Chaos, Sho is with Pots of Torture. Duke what is about Blow? Uh, Blow is with uh, he's a young lion. So okay. against them, who is Maxwell Smart and Agent Ninety Nine? Right, exactly. And Crow Sting. Yeah, right. Crow Sting. Right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, 
got to watch last night to find out what we're talking Meanwhile, about. Meanwhile, Jimmy is still a, a, a black square. Yeah. and ha- right. well, His mic is off now, which means he's not echoing, but he's just, you know. He said he's, he was going to restart, so I don't know. Yeah. Hey, so we would call this in Dungeon & Dragon a gelatinous cube. So he's a gelatinous cube. I just um, call it a win. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just like LA Knight did with this uh, match. So um, next, during after the match, he tries to LA Knight tries to take Ray's mask off, but Santos Escobar comes out, and like you mm-hmm. said, for some reason he got confused because um, it was LWO, but he thought he was in DX or NWO and started doing the crotch chop at LA Knight. So um, apparently Santos Escobar doesn't know his history, but that's okay. Um, we caught that real quick in the. Then we come to this backstage segment where we see Solo just walking backstage with Paul Heyman looking all pissed. Rich Holland passes by Solo um, with his phone, and they have words, and then Solo hits him with a sub. Oh, it's Spike. By the, the way. move in wrestling. I had no idea that was Rich Holland. I mean, I think it looked like they shaved his eyebrows off and gave him a short, short haircut. I literally thought that they found the guy that looked like a smaller version of Brock Lesnar. Like, I, I literally thought they, like, hired Brock Lesnar's kid for this. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't know it was Rich Holland until Seamus came running out going, Ridge, Ridge. I, I had no idea. And I know who Ridge Holland is. Yeah. Or yeah, do I? <laughs> uh, they made him a little more Cro-Magnon in this, with, with this look today. Um, and, of course, he was walking around with a T-shirt and shorts, not like in his normal garb that he would be with Seamus, who Seamus was then his normal garb of, you know, the wife beater shirt and the suspenders and the hat and all that. But uh, anyway. why, wouldn't, why wouldn't he be in his formal wear? I look, but Ridge isn't. So that's, that's where I'm kind of like going, all right. Let's, let's well, you know, Seamus goes to the nice restaurants alone. Ridge has to go to McDonald's. True. And Seamus, well, no, not anymore because Seamus is married. So, you know, he had to dress He probably had date night. It's not right, fight night. It was dressed date up night. so well. Yeah, because it wasn't fight night, it was date night with his Understood. wife. Yeah. So um so we did, after did you guys that, ever hear about that story about when uh about when Seamus met Shawn Michaels at a restaurant? <laughs> no, yeah. do tell. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going there. Okay. All right. Um, so uh after we see this happen and Rich Hollins is going <laughs> after the dumbest move in all of wrestling, um, because you somehow what? don't break your thumb every time. You know, he's got um, it taped and it's a Samoan thumb, not yeah. not a weak Texan thumb. Yeah, yeah, I, I still don't buy it. Um, uh, we see Paul Heyman grabs his phone and calls Roman Reigns. And so we have a commercial break. And then when we come back, Adam Pierce and Seamus are checking on Ridge. And, you know, Pierce asks uh, WD to get Paul Heyman or an official. And she says, that's not good enough and walks away. And walks out with the challenges, and Seamus says, we're going to fight tonight, basically, at the end of the night. So this is going to be our main event of Solo Sokoa versus Seamus. So, uh, cool. We're going to have that match. I don't mind this. I think it's going to be fun because it's two big boys slapping each other. I'm always down it's for it. Fine. This, yeah, this Seamus, Seamus fine. has proven over and over and over again that he can have a good match with somebody in the ring. So I'm not mad at this at all. So, uh, next we have our WWE and NXT Tag Team Unification Championship featuring Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Isla. I, know, I do it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna need a moment, guys. You're gonna have to cover this without me. I'm a little I'm a little verklempt. Okay. Right. Hey, here's a topic. The Middle East is neither the middle nor the east. Discuss. 
Uh, all right. So uh, while we're there, because, you know, Louisiana is not that far from Texas where Kel Rodriguez is sitting at ringside um, and we have a match between. Um, yeah, look, this was a match. I, 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 I didn't care about this match. I, I cared a lot. I did you? Did you? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, then how about we start with you? Just you tell us about this match because. I couldn't find anything positive to say about it. Other than it was the fact stupid that... done by stupid heads, and stupid heads won, and they're stupid, and they suck, and I hate them. <laughs> okay. All right. Jeff well. is playing the part of the IWC today. All right. Of course. I love my angry Gaelic Celtic witches. They're so mm. evil, and one of them is like serpentine leonine at the same time. I don't understand the words that just came out of what, your mouth. What was with the redhead before the match? It looked like she was hump, like literally. It looked like she was humping the grant, like the yeah, the mat. I was like, all right. what's wrong with that? Nothing. I was like, all right. I kind of want to see her win now. Yeah, like exactly. But now do you see why weird. I'm sad? How does she celebrate? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Does she need to be consoled. Yeah. Ooh, maybe so. Uh, look, you have lots of carriers, so shut the fuck up. Let those single Listen, guys but, have but, a but, but my but my TV uh, NXT now main ro- roster crush it, it has been Isla Dawn from from the moment I saw her in real life. Yes, I have lots of yes. I I am an embarrassment embarrassment of riches as well. No, I mean obviously Shayna and Ronda are you know Ronda's the star. Shayna and Ronda are the sisters of destruction. Of course, they had to win. I I'm. Not thrilled about they're doing the same thing as the BCC and everyone else with the with the double submission thing and Jungle Hook, of course. They're they're right move twos, but okay, it was fine. And this is only to lead us to the surprise return of Liv Morgan, who you know I I don't know who in the back thinks that Liv Morgan and Raquel are interesting, but I guess at least they're a tag team who have tagged before. But I much prefer my Angry Gaelic witches, not just because I prefer my Angry Gaelic witches and because I've been. I uh, picked them to be a tag team before they were a team on NXT. Um, but because I think they're actually a tag team and they actually have an interesting gimmick and they do interesting promos and the music is good. And and listen, Ronda and Shayna work together too. It's just for whatever reason, nobody cares. Mm. I mean, nobody cares. Nobody's ever really cared about Shayna, which is a shame. She's a very good wrestler, but she's got that Deanna Perrazzo technical Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling. She doesn't really have a personality. She's got a bad voice. Let's face it, she's not pretty. Ronda, people just don't like Ronda. They don't like her as a heel. They don't like her as a face. They liked her when she first came out, but that got old a real long time ago. And I think it's just because wrestling fans know she really doesn't want to be. She's just there for the money. Mm-hmm. And unlike all wrestlers who are there for the money, like even Brock Lesnar, who doesn't want to work a full time, when he comes to work, he works. I mean, yeah. You, you, I mean, he, you know, he's just got. He comes out, and you feel menace. When Ronda comes out, you, she comes out, and you feel boredom, and you shouldn't. You should feel whatever. You should feel female menace. Right. Um, and it's, it's just not there. Anyway, okay. So, is it okay that the main roster champions beat the the NXT just call ups? And would it be okay if in a year, year and a half, they did the Rhea Ripley where they came back and and you know got their revenge? I'd be okay with that. I don't. I don't know if it'll happen or not. I sort of doubt it, but whatever. This was not a great match, but it 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 was entirely predictable. And listen, I did not know Liv Morgan was this close to being back, so it's fine. It, it yeah. it's it's exactly fine. Yeah, yeah. Chris, what do you, what about you? What do you think? I really liked Liv Morgan's shorts, and everything else about this was 
complete fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, and, I mean, I think, and I think the reason why Shayna and Ronda are nobody cares is because they're expected to be the badasses. They're expected to be the ones to take this kind of thing. And then with Ronda, we all know no, the problem. But people, people cared about the Road Warriors. People cared about Kane and The Undertaker when they came out. But they out. had charisma, though. That was the other problem. That's what I was about to say. It's like they had charisma. They had something Maybe about them that was that was good. They don't have that. And then the other thing is, like you said, Ronda, we know that Ronda doesn't want to be there. And we know when she doesn't like shit, she bitches and complains and pouts like a little baby. And then we'll walk away. And we're like, and that's 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 not something we want out of a champ or anything that. like that. She's always you know? complaining. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not something that we want to see in our wrestlers as a champ or anything along those lines. And she's been given so many opportunities, so many things, and it's just like, and then you're going to bitch and complain about it. No, I don't. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to hear that at all. Um, um, <laughs> uh, okay, retro rocket review. I, I will put this one up here. This is good. Liv looked good, like the stripper with a heart of gold. Um, I feel like that's a very appropriate description of Liv. Morgan and it's a trope point. for a reason because it's true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Those ladies are working hard. They're not getting child support. They are supporting many, many kids. Few of them are mine. So, and this one, um, Jeff, you'll have to comment on this one because Media and Five says Liv is the whiny Jewish aunt you just want to push off a roof. Uh, you have not spent enough time with Jewish ants. I was going to say, where, where is, where are those Jewish ants? I mean, I, unless you, yeah, unless you think that Aunt well, May, I am motherfucker. <laughs> unless you think Marissa Tomei was a, a, a Jewish aunt. Actually, the truth is, growing up, I had two ants by marriage who were like super hot, and one was hotter than the other one. And a couple years ago, I don't know, it's probably I saw one of them, and and she's, I mean, she's probably a like 65 now and she's still like is smoking in inappropriately hot for age and she comes up to me and she goes she goes in front of a whole table of adults which finally i'm at the adult table like you know i'm not the kid table she goes she goes jeffrey i don't know if you remember me but i'm i'm carrie's sister's patty and i go i go patty in the history of history nobody has ever forgotten you <laughs> I, go, I go if you only knew what you and i have done together no, i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> well hey. if she listens to this show she knows now she does now and, and i'm hey. pretty sure she doesn't listen to the show or even know that this this type of venue exists and of course incest was appropriate in the old testament so there uh, she's only first of all she would only be uh, an aunt by marriage twice removed so she is the sister of my uncle by marriage's brother. Like he's already got this figured out. Like I like I can appreciate this, you know. Um, right, like he's like my my uncle by marriage's brother's first and fourth wife because it's the same woman. It's one of her sisters. Yeah, your mom was also hot and rich as shit. No, hey, there you go. I mean, you already said Jewish, Jeff. You don't have to. Oh yeah. no, there are four you Jews. You don't have to repeat yourself. There are yeah. four Jews. I know, I know a few. Uh, I'm, I'm on the borderline. <laughs> He's bumping yeah, that Jeff, Jeff, when the lawyer I know is on the borderline of being rich or not for his culture, like there's a reason that's a trope, Jeff. Yeah, I'm an extraordinarily lazy lawyer. <laughs> like I, like I have taken the like, like in my office they actually have something called the lifestyle track, and I, I think they, they named it for me. Okay. Like I clock in, I do my job, I do it better than anyone else. I clock out. There you go. 
There you go. And I do 9,000 podcasts that, that, that cost me money. Yeah. And guys, do we have to talk about the Grayson Waller effect? Yes, we do. Yes, but we, but, but yeah, I think we have to because right. I continue to be right and the world continues to be wrong. Right. We're contractedly obligated to talk about this, apparently. But look, the one thing I will say is this. Pretty Deadly does a hell of a good job to make themselves heels and not giving a fuck about the fact they're trying to make themselves heels. These are like, to me, they're like the MJF of the WWE in tag team wrestling. You know, they do a very good job of making you not want and going about that route. But for God's sake, like, why do we have to have Grayson Waller on our TV screen? Just let, let's let Pretty Deadly do their thing. I Pretty hate Deadly it. is great. Pretty, Pretty yeah. Deadly is really good at their jobs. I wish they were a little bit bulkier, but they're really, really good at their jobs. I know. Yeah. But even Pretty Deadly could not keep the Grayson Waller effect from being pretty dead. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just, it's it's not good. I mean, and, the, and I guess the biggest problem is this guy doesn't wrestle. Like, I know he wrestled in NXT, but he hasn't done dick in a, in a, in a ring yet. And then it just makes him look more impotent and more just dumb to have this show for this guy who is, you know, trending worldwide but doesn't do shit. This you is know. also a minor thing, and believe me, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the difference, but it might help. Like his song, his theme song worked in the small arena of NXT with two or three hundred people, but it's actually a sort of a slow and boring re- song for like supposed to be a hip. Like it's not fast enough. He like the song is pretty lame too, and then they play it once, and then the ring announcer, I think his name is Harrison, gives, gives him this long whole thing, the dynamite from down under, whatever. And then they play the music again. And it's like yeah. it's and it's not very good music. And and he's not very. It's like it's like the whole thing. It's like a cacophony of repeat not goodness. Right. It, it, it's not. Chris, anything, anything you want to do to put some shovel on Grayson Waller as well? I I will <laughs> say, as somebody who watched him in NXT a few times, um, we're not missing anything by him not being in the ring either. There's mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, his. The thing that people pointed to about what was worthwhile about Grayson Waller was always, you know, him talking. And here he is doing a job where he's doing nothing but talking, and he's bombed every single week he's come out. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it's not been great. Like he he just feels lost and and like overwhelmed, and it, it's just not good. And I, I don't get it. But the one thing I do appreciate about this is pretty deadly. Hey, we beat the five tag teams last week, and. You know, they, they couldn't stand up to us and, you know, we survived. You know, like they were just being classic heels with that. And I loved it. It was great. And then I like. The only I'm, problem I'm, was the, the crowd wasn't reacting to it because it wasn't a big enough moment for them to hearken back to it like that. Right. The way that they were talking about it was as if this was something that they had done on a pay-per-view in front of millions and millions of, of fans who knew exactly what happened and had read the dirt sheets and were super into it. And it, it, nobody cared yeah they were like they were like and we beat this team and everybody just went yeah okay did you yeah that was it like it did help almost none of those teams have been built up to be considered anyone that was impressive to beat yeah i mean the commentators i guess were calling were calling it out but like i didn't hear the crowd heat I didn't hear anybody giving a shit who had paid who had paid money to be there because it was the Grayson Waller effect, and I guarantee you, Cage that is, like, the, 
Waller effect. Yeah, that is it. And then the Cajuns were like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go get some beer, you know? And so I need three more beers to get through this segment. So that's what they did. So um, because beer at the Cajun Dome isn't too expensive. So, you know, it's fine. So go get more beer. I mean, the buzz from the pre-show is wearing off. This is the point where you go get more beer. So you can make it through the show. Um, But yeah, uh, so then because they did that, Street Profits come out and challenge them to a match right there because they didn't like, you didn't touch us. We want that smoke. So out come the Street Profits. Um, uh, So look, I'm going to go ahead and start with this because I I enjoyed this match. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the street, Street Profits. I think they're a lot of fun. And then I enjoyed how this match went between them and Pretty Deadly. I felt that there was a lot going on between the two of them. I love Montez Ford. And they called it like a brawlet, taking the top off the one guy and then him putting it on and wearing it. Um, This was an entertaining match. I really enjoyed these two together in the ring, going after each other. Um, I felt like this was very well done. This is a classic heel babyface tag team match that was done really well with the, the heels getting the win at the end with heelish shit. Yeah. Double heelish shit though. I mean, I agree. This this to me was the best match of the night, and I'm gonna stop pretty soon. But not just where the feet on on the robes, but the other guy took I don't even know what it is, like his headband or his, his right. belt or whatever, and put it over. It's like he wasn't quite using the, the, the robes for leverage. So the other guy, he like looped the, the, the band around it to hold it to create the leverage. And I right. don't remember seeing that before. And and the facial expressions from Montez and Dawkins afterwards, especially Dawkins, mm-hmm. was amazing. I know that people have been always thinking about that they're going to split the street profits, and they, and but they never do, and then they were the number one drafted tag team to SmackDown. But the look on Dawkins' face versus the look on Ford's face, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but they might be teasing that again starting right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought this was the this was the high point of the show for me and then and and every time that i mean that's the only problem pretty deadly is they they need to find a new after win maneuver because this is this is how it's been every week and it's great but it's going to get old where they're sitting on their behinds you know sort of backpedaling up the you know pushing crab walking up the ramp and like with their arms going this and then they start laughing and which which is great but they're gonna have to start doing like running through the crowd doing the same thing Mm -hmm. but in the world of criticism that is really small this 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 was this was as close to a perfect heel face tag team match as there's a good thing yeah i agree chris thoughts on this match yeah as soon as grayson waller fucked off this thing was great um The, the match was really good. Both teams know what they're doing. They're both real tag teams who clearly have some charisma with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, as as teams, they have charisma, you know, amongst themselves. And they seem to work really well together, the four of them. So, yeah, this was great. Um, I like Pretty Deadly so far. I think that they're doing a really good job of what they're supposed to be doing, which is be obnoxious heels. Um, the only problem with... Um, Jeff's suggestion of he's right that they do need to change some things up, but if they start doing that, like pointing at the, at their opponents and laughing at them in the crowd, that'll actually get them over his faces. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd will like that. So don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I think, I think this was just, you know, an example of where we, we could have some really good things, you know, where WWE did. It feels like they almost let these guys, 
do what they did or whoever booked this match or agent of this match or whatever, like they did a really good job with this one. This one was Chris, not only the guys in the ring, but the story they told, the things they did. Jeff, you said holding on to the ropes with the, the belt or whatever that was. Um, or maybe it was the bralette thing that had come off and he used that. I, I don't remember because, you know, uh, I couldn't recognize it either. But, uh, but just the small interchanges when there was that, those break times, the way that they would build charisma with the crowds and, and things along those lines, it was it was very well done. It was a like every a, accessory they have, every women's accessory they have can be used to help them win a match. Right. Well, that would be, that would be great. You know, uh, wait until they actually get a woman there too, because they, they will, because when last legend was with them, she was great. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't watch them a lot in NXT. So like the way I knew they came up was because i saw something on WWE's channel where it said they got thrown to a river. And um, like God. seriously, if you want, if if this Chelsea Grease Sonia Deville thing doesn't work, and it won't, because Sonia Deville, despite people liking her, she's she's also a dead zone. Yeah. But Chelsea Green with with, with Pretty Deadly, Ooh. I mean, the only three, the only reason I won't do it is because Chelsea Green doesn't need it. She can do it on her own. But someone yeah. else who's marginal, all, all, all of a sudden that work. Let's just say you want to bring Electra Lopez up, and you don't know what to do with her, and you don't want to put her just with Latinos because you don't want to put all Latinos together. Put her with pretty deadly, it would work. It just would. Yeah, I, that sounds that sounds like a really good good dealio. So, um, I mean, yeah, like I, I I think I have to agree. This was match of the night for everybody. Um, next is Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Evans. <laughs> I'm gonna let Chris cover this one. Chris, oh fuck, man. I listen. I, I have had this conversation with people since the beginning, since day one, since fucking day aught, since the since she fucking debuted in NXT. I don't see it with Charlotte. I do not see what people keep talking about. She's yeah. They're like, and people. I don't understand why people are so fucking stupid. They're like. But she's a 15-time world champion. That's booking. That has nothing to do with a person's fucking talent. Mm -hmm. I don't see where she's this great, wonderful worker. I just, I, like, when she's had really good matches, I can every single time point to the other person she's been in the match and been like, I really like them. I really think they can really go. The match that she had against Rhea Ripley, I really like Rhea Ripley. What can I fucking tell you? Um... As far as Charlotte, I just I don't see it one way or the other. She's she's just annoying. And this match was so fucking clumsy. They were all over each other. Nobody seemed to know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. I I can't tell you badly enough how much I hated this fucking shit. I mean, mm-hmm. and how much I just generally don't like Charlotte Flair. I do not enjoy her work. Well, I feel different. I, I do like Charlotte Flair, but I don't like her as a face. And both of them were working as heels. And I think that was part of the problem. And and that's why you couldn't get the fun stuff like Charlotte going to Lacey. You're missing my dad, aren't you, Lacey? Oh, no, that, no. That happened. Yeah. I, well, I didn't hear that. I heard no, her say. So there, I, and I paid attention to this and I wrote this down. At one point, Charlotte picks up Lacey and says, I left my dad at home. Like oh, okay. she, she did give her that moment. Like there was a moment like Lacey was down and she goes to pick her up and she's getting ready to chop her or something. And she goes, I left my dad at home. So uh, my bad. There was um, a little callback to that, but cause I, I was listening for that person to see if there was going to be 
something like that. And it was brought up. So yeah. luckily when Charlotte, whenever she's a face, it lasts for a very short period of time. And so this will too. And this match was rather quick. And I didn't, I agree. This was a clumsy match. And it, it, I mean, it certainly didn't do anything for Lacey, who's starting to look uh, Kevin Castle uh, said he looks more like private whoever was the, the wrestler they tried to bring up with, with Sergeant Slaw. It didn't work out. And less yeah. like Sergeant Slaw, more like private. I, I, forget, I think it was like Jorgensen, which I used already. Uh, right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They, they, they didn't have Corporal Kushner. Uh, she's, she's looking more like Corporal Kushner than she did like uh, Sergeant Slaw. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The best part of this match was when Oscar came in on, uh, at the end. Keep her and, in the face. And I, I, like, I haven't been understanding Oscar's like you know, wild blouses and like sensible slacks and strange colors. But like now I'm starting trying to starting to get it. Maybe it was the dark side of the ring on Doink that helped me put this together. But like she sort of is like the easy, the evil psychotic clown. She's just not having a breakdown. She's just she's just happy about being a evil psychotic mm-hmm. clown. Um and I don't know. I, I'm loving Asuka and I actually really, really want her to hold on to the to the title because like right now, she just feels like a cartoon character, and and less of the character behind the cartoon. And I want I, I want to get to know this character. Then again, I'm afraid maybe there isn't one, but I I don't know. I think there is. I want to get to know Kana. Um, so I, I'm hoping she holds on to this title. I don't, and I think there's a reasonable chance that she will. If you want to have Charlotte and Bianca feuding which I think would be a cool feud without the belt being involved, which could make it really interesting. You could get those kendo sticks out and shit again, but getting ahead of myself. The match stunk, but but the, but the ending with Oscar with was fun. Yeah, Oscar throwing her shoe at the end was really great. I mean, Oscar is just... I love Asuka. Like, everything mm-hmm. about that woman is mint to me for pro wrestling. She's got... I, like, I can never understand what the fuck she's saying. She's still basically my favorite woman's wrestler. I, like, that's that's how good she is with her physical charisma and the way she tells a story just with her facials and what she's doing. Asuka is so good, man. I, like, yeah. Agreed. So much better than Charlotte Flair. Agreed. Jimmy, yeah. what do you think? Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for letting this uh, cube. We appreciate it. Um, so, and, and this was not a long match. It was a squash match. And uh, we have the Charlotte Flair clone losing to Charlotte Flair, as we said. Um, so we see Adam Pierce backstage on the phone, and in comes Bianca. And uh, he asks her what will happen if Asuka or Charlotte take a shot at Bianca next week while she's at ringside. She said she will defend herself. Pierce says that he should. Uh, she should, and that is the problem. He says she's banned from ringside and needs uh, to trust him, and that she will get her chance to challenge after. And then Bianca sarcastic like um, shakes her head and leaves. So, is it trust cool. you? Why? Why? Yeah. Let Good me, question. Why? Why indeed? Yeah. You know. Um, Where is she? To stop me when she's telling lies. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's Adam Pierce, the most ineffective WWE official in the entirety of WWE. I mean, why would why would she listen to him next week? Like, you know, Sheamus was like, "I'm going out there to fucking," blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then Adam Adam Pierce was like, "Oh no, I'll handle it." Sheamus Sheamus goes out there and asks for a match anyway, gets a fucking match. Why yeah. would anyone listen to this fucking guy? I don't know. Not makes zero sense. It if makes that was my boss, sense. I would just every single week I'd be walking into his office saying, "Now listen, you're going to give me a raise." Right. She needs to speak to his manager. <laughs> that's Chelsea Green's gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah, can't can't do that. That's gimmick infringement, sir. 
Not allowed. Not allowed. Um, okay, so then next we have Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman versus Sheamus. And um, Sheamus, I mean, this is just a brawler. This is two guys going in and beating the crap out of each other and, you know, hitting each other with everything in the kitchen sink. Samoan drops and, um, you know, the beats of the Bahrain and the white noise and all this fun stuff. So, um, so here, here, here's where I have a problem with the ending, right? So you have, you have, you've had all these things happen, right? You know, you, you small and spiked and broke kicks and all this kind of stuff. They go to the outside. Solo Sokoa spears Sheamus through the ringside thing, which we all know no longer is really attached anymore. It's just there to make it look cool. Um, it wasn't really a spear. It was more like he ran at him and like just sort of collapsed through the thing. Like because Sheamus wasn't standing when he hit him. He was right. he was sitting. So yeah, it was yeah. Like a, it was like a shoulder shoulder tackle on the guy shoulder. that's already down. It's like a leg hit in the foot. But those the barriers don't look cool. They they yeah. absolutely don't look cool. They may allow more moves and they might be safer, but they don't look cool. But mm-hmm. the problem with it. I mean, the match was okay. It was fine. It was exactly what you thought it'd be until they went out of the ring. The problem is that Solo Sokoa didn't even, he barely grazed Sheamus, and then Sheamus was, like, hospitalized. It was right. it was terrible. They and, and, of course, they didn't know it, and then they showed, like, they did the same thing AEW did. They showed you the replay from the wrong angle. At least do it from the reverse angle where mm-hmm. it would have been covered up and maybe looked more impactful, but it looked terrible. It, it, it yeah. looked like Taya Valkyrie versus Chris Stadlander. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, nitpicking here, like, Solo worked the back all match. That's what we kept, they kept talking about Sheamus' mm-hmm. back, and his back is sore, and look at how bad his back is, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the end of the match was something where he got hit in the head. I, like, what was the fucking point of that? Why not work the face? Why not, you know, right. work on Sheamus's head and have him, and have him, like, you know, sell, like, oh, like, you know, one of these, as he's setting up for the brogue kick, right? Being like, ah, oh, my fucking cheek. Maybe my cheek's broken. There's something wrong with my face, etc. Right? Have him really focusing on like, oh, my head's not feeling good. And then when you do that spot where it looks like Jamie ba- or, or, or Solo basically comes and rams his knee through Seamus's head into the barricade, then you can have Seamus like holding his head or something, right? And have the doctors being mm. like, no, 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 we can't, we, he can't continue. I mean, his, he might have some head trauma or something like you can, you can up this, you can do better with almost the exact same match by just a few tiny little tweaks. Yeah. And I don't remember this being in like a note holds bars or no rules match because the, the ref goes to check on Ray, Seamus rings the bell and Solo Sokoa is announces the winner. Like, I don't remember that being the case. So, like, yeah, they've, they've been doing some strange things recently where they've doing a lot of like non matches because the person couldn't respond, like stopping the match so that it's a mm-hmm. non finish. They, I mean, they've done like at least two of those in the last three weeks, and then this time somebody wins in the same way. It is very confusing, and it's it's it and it and it diminishes the results of all of it. I mean, I prefer someone wins rather than it's a no match. Just say that the person can't continue. So the other person wins. Right. I, I, I don't get it. I guess it was just to who, who won this, who was declared the winner of this match? 
Solo Sokoa. He was right. declared the okay. winner, not not a, not a no right. contest. So it's just to, it's just to build his resume a little. But I think at this point he doesn't need it anymore. He mm-hmm. he he is a made man. I mean, literally by his mafia boss. And I think you know this this last ten months or whatever, he's gone from being just the other guy to being a guy. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I would ask our gelatinous cube, but he left. So he agrees. Um, yeah, which means you know. I'm wrong. Right. So. Um, you know, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? The ending of this match. I, I mean, it just did it. Did I'm, it do anything to enhance the match or the story, or did, did it just? I'm old enough to remember that if you had a wrestling match where you were where it wasn't a, a no holds barred match, if you put your opponent through the table, you got disqualified. Right. Like I'm old enough to remember where like using the the guardrail as a weapon was a weapon, and you got mm-hmm. disqualified. And there's nothing. I mean, you didn't need to have a, a clear finish in this match. This wasn't a match that where where we need to have you know who's gonna win and really which one of these is the better. It wasn't that. It was just we need something for Solo to do because it's sort of a down week in the in the Bloodline storyline. We need mm-hmm. something for him to do. Um, Sheamus is willing to take a loss, I guess, but did we need it? I mean. I, I felt like this could have very easily been a disqualification win for Sheamus. And then it could have even pissed off Solo even more. Like, what the fuck do you mean I'm disqualified? Like, right. you know, like you can have him get really unhinged about it, right? Like, because the point of what's going on with Solo right now is he's mad because his brother's fucked off. But I think that you can also play that he's just mad because shit's breaking down with his family in general. And I think mm-hmm. that that makes him angry. It right. makes him fly off the handle. And at, and at the end of this match here, okay, you're disqualified for using the barricade. You can just, you can have him freak out even more and get even more angry. You can get depth to the character that way, but instead it's just, Oh, Seamus can't continue after getting his head rammed through a barricade. Therefore the winner is solo. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't everyone just throw their fucking heads through through the barricades every match? Have, right. If I'm Roman Reigns, I'm just taking everybody outside. I'm throwing their fucking head through a barricade. I win. Yeah. And I thought the whole point of this was to do that, was to make Solo so unhinged and so angry. He doesn't care about winning. He, he's he's now the right-hand man. He doesn't need to win matches. He just needs to hurt people. And That's I thought right. the whole point of it was to manufacture a win for Sheamus, you know, because he wants to get revenge, so that Roman's next mini-feud is Sheamus, because people are saying he never defends the belt. Well, the story's against the Usos, and that's tag team stuff. So instead of rushing to Jimmy or Jay again, which I'm not sure anyone really wants to see. They think they do, but they don't. Have a, you, know, you have him with a, a match, maybe a, maybe a rare TV match against Sheamus or whatever the next you know mini pay-per-view is between here and um, and uh, SummerSlam that his, his challenge is against Sheamus. Or Fastlane, you know. Who, who wouldn't want to see Sheamus and Roman like like slobberknocker Bludging the other. shit out of each other for 20 minutes? Yep, I'll take it. And nobody expects Sheamus to win that match. And nobody, and so, but but nobody could complain either. It seems like perfect WWE style booking for me and, and thought process. Instead, they did the exact opposite. Now, I suppose they could still get there if they want to by Sheamus getting revenge or whatever. Right. Um, but you can't really do too much damage to solo when your main story remains right now, bloodline versus the bloodline. And then ultimately it's obviously going to have to be, you know, 
bloodline slowly reuniting, I suppose. Uh, so uh, where do you fit this in? It seems like this was the perfect time to do that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. like, But that doesn't end the show. We're sitting there. It feels like it's going to be the end because Solo is standing tall. Sheamus is there. But then the Usos come out, and they each hit Solo with a super kick, and then they hit him with a double super kick because he's going to fight his brothers. And so uh, then they climb the top rope and hit him with an Uso splash, and that's how SmackDown goes off the air. Um, well, you, you know, forgot the end was was Paul Heyman readjusting the space laser on the phone. Oh, that's right. That's right. There's that too. Um, you know, um, but at the end of the day, this is how our show ended. And of course, it ends with the Usos taking out their younger brother because he's the younger brother. He's gonna he's gonna take his lickings, even though he's he's bigger than both of them. But um, not you know, combined. Not combined. Uh, but you know. I mean, does this, how have you guys felt on this? Does this build more towards the bloodline civil war? Do you feel like this is going in the direction you want it to go? Or was this just paint by numbers? This is what's going to happen. Solo's going to do something. These are going to come out. They're going to kick him in the face. And we go on to next week. Well, what do you think? Question. I think the answer to, to both can be yes, but it's more the latter in how successful it's like. If you were to ask me to grade the match, which is probably your next question, or the grade yeah. the show, Yes. It would be a C because it did it, it it there was plenty of stuff that happened in it. There was enough that was okay. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. There was some bad in there, there was some good, there was nothing great. Um, but it did sort of advance it just enough. I mean, I would have preferred a little bit more for your go home show to money in the bank. And I know people out there say no, there's one more SmackDown, and indeed there is. But next week's SmackDown is also in London and it's gonna start at 3 p.m. Right. So for, for all intents and purposes, 3 p.m. Eastern, so 12 p.m. Eastern West Coast. So for all intents and purposes, this is your prime time go home show for Money in the Bank for SmackDown anyway. And so unless they're going to like light the fuse on Raw, and they almost never do, and that's too much to expect, um, th this to me was sort of a waste. So I was going to give it a C, but because of everything else that's going on in it, I'm, I'm going to go just with a D plus. I just gonna, it. It marginally advanced things, but I don't know. I, I, if anything, I think it took away some of my interest in Money in the Bank rather than mm. increased it a little bit. Which I prefer it increased it a lot, but you know I'm jaded, so increasing it a little bit would have been enough. But it actually, decreased it a little bit, and maybe some of that is because of there's literally a wrestling overdose to seal someone else's uh, line. But there is there's a, there's a wrestling overdose. Mm. Okay. Chris, what are your thoughts about this? Um, yeah, I just felt like they really missed an opportunity to show to like develop the story a little bit further, right? You could have had a situation where um and I think that they've had situations that are similar to this before. I don't know why they didn't go with it. You know, you have Solo backstage and he's clearly, you know, verklempt. Um, you know, clearly in a bad mood and uh, you know, maybe you have uh Paul come up and be like, hey, Solo, and touch him on the shoulder, and Solo turns around like he's going to hit him with the spike, right? Like, just mm. like you, you see, like, how on edge Solo is, right? So you, you get a little bit of, like, geez, I wonder how that's going to go when, when Roman comes back, you know? Like, is Roman going to be upset about him almost hitting the, you know, the the wise man, etc., or, you know, those kinds of things. You can have him lose the match, and then you can have a situation where, oh, like, 
Roman's not going to be happy that you lost, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he, he can just be like pissed off. And I think that that's really the best use for solo right now. And I'm not sure why they didn't, because it seems like it was wide open to just have something a little bit better like that on this show as it is. Uh, in terms of the storyline, like in terms of because I, I don't even think about SmackDown as being the show I'm watching anymore. I'm watching mm-hmm. the bloodline and yeah. sometimes there's some wrestling that goes on around it or whatever. Um, in terms of like that, um, this was one of those episodes you could skip. You know, this was one of those episodes where it's just like um, nothing really happens. Uh, but uh, but maybe Jon Snow gets to fuck the redhead. Uh, you know, that's it. It was just like, it was one of those where you're, nothing really happens, but it's like, okay, I'm still happy. I watched it. Right. I'm still glad that I got to see it. And maybe this is just because I had to watch fucking rampage afterwards. But, um, as far as I go, like in comparison, I want to give this an a plus because I mean, rampage was so fucking bad, but like just in a nutshell, like as a SmackDown, I'll give it a C minus it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was not a great show. There was nothing on this was a really great match, mm. but um, they did move the storyline ahead a little bit. I got to see some of the, you know, some of some of the, you know, moving forward with the Usos and a little bit from Solo, um, and a pretty good tag match. So yeah, it's gonna get a C minus from me. C minus. All right, uh, I I think I have to agree with you guys. I'm in, I'm in this I'm in the C category. Um, I, I'm probably right in the middle um, because I really enjoyed Pretty Deadly and, and Street Profits. I thought that was really excellent. Um, I like I felt bad that we had to have the Grayson Waller effect to lead to that, which brought it down. The women's tag match was whatever. Um, the LA Knight match versus. I, I I didn't like the match per se, but I liked kind of the way that L and I won and and how they handled that. Um, I liked the Seamus Solo match, you know, because up until the end, everything was fine until the end, and you know, it just felt like tonight was we had one really great thing, and everything else was just missing something one way or the other. Um, I have two shameless points, one one okay. which is related and one which is not related to SmackDown. And that is about two weeks ago, we saw a video introducing us to Bobby Lashley, who we've known since the early aughts. Um, right. But why hasn't there been any follow-up to that? Or why did they do it if there's no plans for him immediately? Um, because it's like near time for him to return. And that would have been perfect, you know, if you did, if you did what I said earlier and you had the Sheamus mini feud and then you have Bobby Lashley come back Afterwards and slowly, you know, once Roman dispenses of Jimmy or whoever he has to deal with, you know, in the next one, you know, Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam would be fine, you know. Yeah. And and no, I don't think Bobby Lashley's going to win that match either. Uh, because I know Chris is and then the other thing, okay, Twitter is usually pretty useless, but there's something excellent going on, on Twitter. And and it and I think it started with an account that said, look in, you know, look in my eyes, you know, to, about it's so it's like a CM Punk support account, basically. Mm. And so now it's it's quoting, you know, how purists and WON has been saying, like, you know, people are upset about CM Punk. So like it's a, it's like starts like saying CM Punk uh, was seen clipping his toenails last last week on the show. Exactly. It's like, it's like it says CM Punk has been reported as wearing white after Labor Day. 
Somebody reported seeing CM Punk not wash his hands after he went to the bathroom. CM Punk was seen double dipping his chips at catering. CM Punk was seen wearing socks that don't match. I mean, it's just going on and on, and it, and, it, and it's it is fabulous and it keeps going on so any of you if you have any great ideas about stupid things that people will come up like cm punk rehit reheat fish in the microwave backstage i mean this just just do it just just keep doing this i just came up with that one on i want to tweet it right now what am i doing here um so i'm about to do that but it's amazing Uh, look, that sounds wonderful, and I appreciate it very much. But like again, we yeah, like you said, we have guys like Bobby Lashley who, uh, where the fuck? I mean, that guy would be perfect for some stuff like this to be a part of this. Um, you know, I don't know, and I, I guess that's part of the problem is we know that there's some really excellent things that could be happening, and it's just not happening. Um, again, it seems to be the story of WWE, which is better than what you're getting at AEW. Where you're so disheveled and so all over the place, well, and then you have something it's better like, than we're getting on Wednesday and Friday. Well, that's what I was about Saturdays, to say. I know Saturday was just the first show, but I mean, that was great. If right, you get more like that, and I'll, I'll be happy as hell to be watching wrestling on Saturdays. Right, and that, and that's where I was going. I was like, you have those things, then you come to Saturday night, and it's like, hey. You know, it's cool. We, we we do this. Like, let's go. You, you got you got to highlight media M 5s comment there. Oh yes. <laughs> See it, punk. Was he shaking more than three times in the men's bathroom? <laughs> uh, Medium five. You you talk a lot, but when you do, sometimes it's good. So uh, we appreciate that. Oh, and hey, Elizabeth and Todd Brantley have made the made the chat here. Um, you know, but uh, no. So the Todd, the the whole bit of the the Twitter thing is that it's 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 parody where you know because people are talking about the backstage stuff of CM Punk. So now it's the running joke of we're making stuff up of what CM Punk does. So that's the whole joy of it. All right. We're dunking on Dave. Dunking on Dave is like wrestling's is like wrestling's greatest, you know, thing to do. Just Dave, Dave, if you're out there listening, you deserve it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Anybody who doesn't dunk on Dave, I don't trust them. You know, that's, that's what I say. So I don't trust Brian Alvarez. Um, So. Nor should you. Yeah. uh, No. He's a yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm gonna stop there. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, this has been our show today, uh, guys. I, I, we've given our ratings. We've done everything else. Um, anything else you want to talk about or bring up before we uh, close the show today? Nope. Just make sure you tune in tomorrow at uh, around the same time, around ten o'clock, for a wreckage. We'll be talking about everything that happened uh, today. Yeah, now, if you want more breaking news other than Jacob Fatu winning the MLW Openweight, nothing's exactly breaking news when you're talking about tape shows, but uh, former Nash Carter, Zachary Wentz, has reunited with Trey Miguel in Impact. So he, after a long hiatus, possibly very unfair, um, the, he has been rehired by a semi-major company, which probably pays the same as, as NXT, to be frank, so... So good for him. I mean, you know, uh, it seems like a good guy. A lot of people supported him, uh, but WWE stuck to their guns on this one for whatever reason or reasons. And and there he is. So there's some. And I, I love the rascals. So good for yeah, him. yeah. And, and Wesley is doing great on his own. He is one of mm-hmm. the. Few, he's one of the few men NXT. You know, he's not homegrown, obviously, but one of the people that NXT has invested in on the male division. 
you know, primarily from NXT, not NXT UK or, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. He's maybe one of a half dozen of them who I think has real potential and has, and has been killing it. So he's still one. So, but I'm sure he's glad his friend got a job back uh, or got a job. So sure. that's breaking news. I also heard that CM Punk was seen uh, dragging a booger that was stuck to his finger uh, under his desk backstage as well. So, and that was, that came from purists. So. No, well, I mean, that, that sounds appropriate. Yeah. I mean, you know, but who, who doesn't do that? Especially if you're going to go work for the Canadian government. Right. So uh, I'm getting a report freeze instantly in Canada. I'm getting a report right now. Um, Yeah. Apparently CM Punk doesn't call his mother on Christmas. Oh, Uh, my. That's that's being reported by uh, who's that? Oh, the Wrestling Observer News. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. Um, so what with that said, how about we we reverse the way we introduced the show today? So let's let's start with the evil dose himself. Uh Jeff, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet and hear your lovely, lovely voice? Here on Twitter, you can find me here on Twitter, on Twitter at IcarusFellMD. You can find me at the PWC doing most every show. Um, you can also find me here on the Hameen Media Group, and some of those shows are also on the PWC. Oh shit, Jeff, wait, hang on. Sorry. It's just been reported that CM Punk doesn't flush after he takes a shit. Um, Yeah, but what? Yeah, Dave Dave Meltzer personally has watched him do that. He also doesn't wipe the toilet seat after he after he dribbles on it. Right, yeah, that as well. Also, that was actually reported by Alvarez and Semper Vivi. Oh, okay. Oh, what my mistake. That was Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. Oh, okay. He, He was measuring the expenses of toilet paper in wrestling. Um. And how? Okay. Uh, where else? Uh, so here on the Hami Media Group and Channel Attitude on Smack Attack, as you're watching right now. So duh, but also Uncaged, and on the newest show Wreckage, which has had one episode so far. But tomorrow we're going to do the second, and hopefully we're going to be even. If I'm even half as happy about a collision as I was last week, I'll consider it a win. But I have to tell you, there's normally that that account that says. It's Mr. Wrestling 4, I think, is the account. He goes, how excited are you for, for you know, whatever AEW show is that particular? And I usually put somewhere between zero and two. Um, for Collision, this I, I gave it a nine. So mm-hmm. me, I'm giving it a nine on how excited I, I am know. to see it, how much hope I have in this. Uh, but what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So Hammerlock Hangover with Big Daddy Cool Steve Pena. We actually stream one live. If you can find it still running, great. But if not, it'll be put up on the PWC shortly. And I released another Garden of Doom today. You can find a Hami Media Group and the PWC and other places find podcasts. And today is Listen to Bundy. Al Bundy, Ted Bundy, King Kong Bundy. You got to listen. Find out. Uh, and I'm going to put a, a bonus episode this week, which was uh, actually a swap cast with uh, the host of the, the Living Process, a Harvard-trained architect and polymath david getson who knows everything and just lets me tag along and pretend i understand what he's saying so uh listen to that and and watch my little kindling bromance um awaken and 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 continue to see as i pursue him and until he says dude dude no step off george step off that's where this is ending so it's not going to end up like when you posted about how we first met and Chris told a lovely, lovely story of how you two first met. And- you know, you remember the movie, the naked gun where they have all the scenes of, of uh, Wesley Nielsen and Priscilla Kelly. And it like, turns out it was one day mm-hmm. and like, they're doing all sorts of fun, like running on the beach and having ice cream and laughing and stuff like that. That's how I picture it. What it's going to be 
is like all of his social media accounts are changed. Everything goes dark. I'm blocked everywhere. It's it's good. It, it, I'm headed for a heartbreak. Just like Def Leppard taught us, I'm headed for a heartbreak. Yeah. This is just going to be like high school all over again. True. Well, I mean. And college. You know, what do they say? History doesn't repeat, but it does have a rhythm. Does have a rhythm. So. But I yeah. do Oh no, you don't. No, sir. Speaking of speaking of Def Leppard, I just want to say that their drummer deserves a hand. <laughs> <laughs> that is an armful right there. Oh, uh, you know, good. Hey, did you know they, they they did determine that in the submarine that they were playing music as they were making their way down because one of the billionaires' kids wasn't comfortable going, and they they played under pressure. Wow. <clears throat> I, I heard that CM Punk made an untimely submersible joke. Uh, well, no, that was me. It was me. Like, look, I find out Thursday. One, yeah, one of my co-workers uh, told me Thursday, yeah, they found the sub. And that's all she said. And so I'm thinking, okay, they found it. The people are like, you know, they didn't didn't say. So I'm assuming that everything is right. So I texted one of my friends that joke. I said, hey, you heard that in the sub they were playing under pressure. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going straight to hell. I'm like, what? It was, it was funny. Like, what? And then I go home and I and I read, a, I see a little blurb that says that it was imploded. And I was like, okay. Like, I was not intentionally trying to be on point like that. But apparently I was. So, you know, it, it was quite the um, fortuitous joke that I felt was was great for being dark at the time. Which, you know, whatever. I'm fine with it. I'm going to hell anyway. I don't care. You know, that's why they call me the Sinister Minister. At least Jeff does still. Uh, not many people do. It's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, you can find me as always on the channel Attitudes with here at Smack Attack with the show of the people by the people for the people with these two lovely young men and the gelatinous cube, whoever makes an appearance every now and then. So go pay $5 a month and listen to all the back lash of shows that you have on there um, where you can hear Ben Hameen, you can hear these guys, you can hear uh, Stevie Richards, you can hear Vince Russo talking wrestling, talking all these kind of fun uh, things. You can even hear the um, oh dang it, the, the recreation. Why am I blanking on it right now? Um, where they do the voices and shit. Um, uh, mas not Masterpiece Theater, what do they call it? Master Shoot Theater? Master Shoot Theater, thank you. This is Chris Wow, you're my favorite. Um, uh, so you can hear Master Shoot Theory. There's all kinds of fun stuff. You can go over there for $5. And hey, it's a $5 face slap because, you know, thanks Biden for that. Um, so for a $5 face slap, you can get access to Channel Attitude. Um, Inflation over. Right. It's, it's all fixed. It's all better. So go do that. Uh, or if you want more of the free option, check out channel the Hami Media Group channel, uh, where you can hear me and Triple D on the Academy. Uh, we he has been busy working and trying to get back into a groove of things, so we have not been able to record uh, because his free time is very limited. But we're working on that. We've had we have episodes of, episodes one and two of Strange New Worlds, which we have to discuss. Plus, there has been some big news in. The Star Trek world, one being Prodigy, season two being canceled, and being the entirety of the library being removed from Paramount Plus and streaming, um, which is, I think, I think I haven't heard of that. Where normally this, a lot, yeah. Well, I mean, I've never heard of a streaming service going, "Hey, we're not going to continue your season, and we're pulling all your stuff." And they're talking about by the end of this month, it'll be gone. 
you know, which there's I find a great. lot of things that have been canceled, like Disney canceled a bunch of Star mm-hmm. Wars uh, projects, and I don't know what's happening, but I I have a feeling that they're that these companies are. Here's a conspiracy theory, and I think it's actually true because it's 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 going to be economics. I think that they're waiting for a lot of contracts to expire on their own, and then they're going to reboot things using entirely AI and CGI. And I think they're going to sign like hundred million dollar likeness forever contracts. You know, sort of what Bruce Willis wishes he had before he died, like with like Chris mm-hmm. Helmsworth. So so Thor never changes, which are going to seem like a shitload of money right now, but in like thirty years, like. He'll be like Scarlett uh, Johansson or whatever her name is, and regret it and sue Disney for it. Um, but they're they're going to learn from that mistake and uh, and have fixed and tighten up those contracts solidly, uh, just like the, the the poor artists from DC Comics who can't get shit for creating Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, as a IP lawyer, I totally support those decisions. But still, um, in any event. So yeah, they're going to reboot all these things, just not with people. Mm. Interesting. No wow. writers to strike, no artists to do anything. Everything's going to be done by by computers. The only thing they're going to figure it out is they're going to need to have the bare minimum of people involved so that they can call it transformative enough and enough human interaction to be able to claim copyrights. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Not not something I thought about, but I mean, for me, it feels like maybe. More of the idea of that the market it's is oversaturated. About that, it's my yeah. job to think about these things, and I appreciate when, that. When, when I actually decide to work, <laughs> but the market, you know, the market definitely is over exaggerated, man. Like it is, it is way stretched too thin. Like uh, to use a to use a line from Lord of the Rings, it's like butter scraped over too much bread. Um, that's basically what the market is like right now, especially with streaming. I think a lot of people thought that they were going to make a lot more money with streaming than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's basically coming back to haunt a lot of studios right now. And I also think that right now there are a number of studios who are used to making money and being Teflon who are learning that if you push people enough with your messaging, you're going to get backlash. Mm-hmm. They are learning a little bit of the Bud Light uh, lesson here. And I think that that is something that's starting to happen even in Hollywood where they're starting to understand, oh, shit. If we do, oh shit, you know what? If we make a movie where we have an 80-year-old Indiana Jones being led around by the ear by a woman who's constantly shaking her head and rolling her eyes at him, that's not going to make Indiana Jones fans happy for some fucking reason. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we have movies where, you know, every single character is gay or transgender or non-binary just for the sake of having those characters and not that they're actually an integral part of the story, it's going to piss some people off, especially parents of children who are getting sick and tired of of having this beat over their heads. So, So, yeah, I mean... Like an example might be like in a like if you were a rebel and you were a scroll and you take could take any form you wanted and your group was located in Russia and you were the leader of these rebels, the human form you would take would be a black man in Russia. Yeah. No. Because nobody like, would ever be able to pick you out. <laughs> no, and then to be lectured about, oh, you can't say that word. You can't say spook. Because that's a that was once a racist term for black people, and I'm allowed to say it though. Because I'm people people don't want to hear. You know what people really don't want to hear? They really don't want to hear. You need to do better, Senator. 
Nobody wants to fucking hear that anymore. They want good television that's written properly with interesting characters. And if you don't give people that at this point, you're going to get fuck all. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I mean, and that's that's the state of things right now is that we're not seeing that. We're not seeing the quality that, that was there. It was now let's put an agenda out there. And I think people are tired of that. Listen, we're, we're early. You know, normally we our shows go three hours, and I think we're nearing an end. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question of, of yeah. you and the chat? Like everyone talks about Wes Anderson, like he's this genius, and like he gets like, mm-hmm. like a cast of 30 that all these people would make 30 million dollars a movie, but they're all doing it for thirty thousand dollars or whatever, because his budget is like 1.2 million dollars, and everything he does is living art or whatever. I've seen a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. I have not not a, not only have I not enjoyed a single one, I generally don't get them, I don't understand them, I don't know that any of them have made money. Like, is there anyone out there who actually likes Wes Anderson movies? Chris, go ahead. What's a Wes Anderson movie that I should know? Right. The only the, the, the reasonable question is, do you mean Wes Craven? <laughs> like, what, no, really though. Like, what's a Wes Anderson movie that I should know? Uh, it's like a big uh, one. Like the Royal, Tenenbaum. the Royal Tenenbaums, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Right now, Asteroid City. I is hate the those movie. fucking movies. Right. Those are those are all like. I don't know if it's done on purpose, but every single person in those fucking movies seems like they're really good professional actors acting at their absolute worst. It's like somebody told them, hey, for your character, I want you to pretend like you're someone in a high school drama class pretending to be this character. I've never watched a single one of those fucking movies and thought, yeah, I really like this. Never. Yeah. Never have either. I, I don't understand what the hub is about. Every now and then, because, I mean... You know, I've seen it. Some of them, some of them are shot very interestingly, and I don't want to say pretty, but like you know, there's some. What was Avatar? Avatar was pretty, not a good movie. Yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, it's one of those things to me that it's like, okay, I mean, listen, there are some good lines, and I will, Mm -hmm. I will harken back to there was one where uh, who was it? Ray Fiennes was playing like a hotel manager who was trying to be rich that was his thing like like a lot of the theme seems to be people pursuing wealth in mm-hmm. terrible ways uh or pretending they're still wealthy and hanging on like like so great gatsby-esque without the romance anyway so ray finds he was looking he was looking for a rich widow and like the his aide there they're in a, like a stagecoach where and he and he goes she's 84 and he goes i've done older yeah. <laughs> but, but literally for me that was the high point of the movie and there was that movie with the fox to stop motion animation. I think they had done a while back that there was. Like, that was the video. What does the fox say? Yeah. No. Smack attack dance party. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't get. I don't get Wes Anderson either. Um, uh, Todd Bradley says never heard of him either. Probably boring and pointless. Like watching a Dana Brooke match. Whoa, got a Dana Brooke reference in there. That's Breaking tough. news, CM Punk thinks Dana Brooke sucks too. <gasps> and Elizabeth comes in, says the fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, so it, it, it's like having a fact checker on staff, yet not on staff. Right. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to pay her like our ridiculously bloated salaries. Right. Yeah. You're ridiculously low. Mine is absorbently bloated. But appropriately so. Well, you know, from Fedora budget. 
I do have a fedora budget and a scully budget and random hats that I want to wear budget. So I, I do have that that I make sure. Um, because I gotta have a scally. I've 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 liked scallies now, so I'm looking at different styles of scallies that I want and some different fedoras and what the yeah. fuck is a scally? A scally is it's the Irish style hat where it looks like a baseball hat, but it kind oh, of the yeah. cloth comes yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so um uh I'm I'm looking at that is. I'm looking at pot pies, you know, those are always fun. So, I don't like the crust. Um, sometimes the crust can be that's that's where you if you get a good pot pie, then you have to have a good crust on the edges. Yeah, I don't like the phyla dough or like with the thick crust edge at the end. Like if if it's like nice and all around, I don't like the fluffy crust. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I look, I, I looked at cabbie hats, but I think I like the uh, medium five cent to try cabbie hat. I was like, yes, but to me, the scally is a little bit more of a look that I prefer over the cabbie hat. So, anywho, uh, gentlemen, let's uh, let's end this sucker for the day because I know Chris is ready to leave because it's he's he's like, oh my god, we're going to be right at about two hours. So, let's make him happy. It's um, nice. You see what happens when we don't have Jimmy on? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> the human gelatinous cube. You mean um, he technically was on, but it's fine. we're not sure he's human. Right. He's still AI as far as we're concerned because we've never met him in real life. Um, so, gentlemen, thank you as always for being a part of the show. Everyone in the chat, Ro- uh, Retro Rocket Review, Medium 5, Todd Brantley, Elizabeth, everybody who we've already shouted out before. And again, we will continue to do so. Make sure you're checking out the latest of the shows. Oh, at first I didn't know what you were trying to tell me if you were going to show me your crotch, but apparently you're showing me something that's near your crotch, which is a rat. Yep. That's a rat. Say hi, Prince. All right. You know, so, um, but y'all have a good weekend. Make sure you take care of yourselves and each other. Let's see how many other pop phrases and X's can I steal from other places? Um, Spay and neuter your pets. Uh, You know, all that fun stuff. And your kids. uh, And Well, yeah, trim it up a little bit. Make it look nice. Um, As you can see, we all now have appropriately linked beards. Um, We're the bearded bros now. Um, so please uh, make sure you take care of yourselves and each other. Come back next week and hear what happens next week as we have the fake go home to the smack attack uh, for Money in the Bank, where we talk next Saturday about what happened yesterday, the the not not the night, the afternoon before um, of what happened in London as we get ready for Money in the Bank, and maybe we'll talk about. Everything that went on this past weekend with the AEW as well—you never know. We we have that kind and of and New Japan Pro Wrestling, Woo. and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, don't forget New Japan Strong. No, I do forget about New Japan. Look, I love New Japan, but I forget about New Japan Strong because it's not a thing anymore. It's dead. It's gone. So long, farewell, and Vita, say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And with that, Save I say. Go.